Calling All Nerdy Show listeners, we need your help. You voted for us in the Audioverse semifinals, and thanks to you, the Orphans, Nerdcasting the Multiverse, Dungeons and Doritos, and Liberty are all in the running for the final big vote. We can take home a whole slew of awards and audio drama excellence if you'll join us again to fight in the name of the Nerdy Show Network's awesomeness. Don't delay. The voting closes on December 9th. Head to nerdyshow.com slash audioverse2017 for the list of nominations and all the info you need to get voting. If you're craving nerdy tunes, we've got you covered. Nerdy FM is the Nerdy Show Network's nerd music podcast hosted by me, Mark with a C. We feature the best in geek rock, nerdcore, comedy, VGM, and every genre in between. The biggest artists alongside awesome up-and-comers with rare tracks, exclusive live recordings, and a massive archive to keep you rocking the nerd world over. Tune in exclusively through the Nerdy Show Network. State of the Empire is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. And is brought to you in part by Consequence of Sound, the web's foremost source of music and film news, reviews, and insights. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to State of the Empire, Nerdy Show's Star Wars speculation podcast, where we look for news in Alderaan places. Hi, I'm Cap. Hey, I'm Doug. Hey, I'm Matt. Matt is in the studio with us in Orlando, Hi. Florida. Woo. This is so exciting to see your face. <laughs> I know. It's really nice to be here. I wish I could just be here every episode. Well, why not? Because he lives across well, the country. C- call to action. Yeah. We want to fly <laughs> Matt out for every State of the Empire recording, so please donate to Patreon, patreon.com slash nerdyshow. We got to get those big bucks so we can have so much disposable income. We can fly Matt out every other week. And and I only fly first class. (laughs) (laughs) In this episode, we're going to be talking about, mm, well, what we can say about episode eight. Of course, we're going to keep all the most dangerous spoilers safely behind the blast doors in case you're wanting to go into this brand new film with, uh, well, untainted by our crazy crackpot theories. But we'll be sharing a little bit of stuff that's safe based on the things from trailers. We'll be talking about the latest from the Star Wars theme parks, a little bit of more of the uh, fallout from the scandals surrounding Battlefront, and oh boy, there are some <laughs> incredible new Star Wars news that we're going to get into right now. A hell of a day we had in early November, November 9th, two gigantic Star Wars announcements that we did not see coming at all. Um, you know, because the fate after episode nine has been pretty uncertain. Like, they've said the numbered trilogy episodes are Skywalkers only. So they'll give it space. Maybe they'll do another trilogy. Maybe they won't do more standalone films. But Disney's been very ba- vague about what was coming after that. Mm-hmm. It was always, we're evaluating. Yeah. <laughs> well,. Wow, they they evaluated something very unpredicted because they have given the director of Star Wars Episode Eight, Ryan Johnson, the keys to the kingdom, and he has been given his own trilogy. 
it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's it's crowning someone in in you know like George Lucas, which is you know there's definitely been people that deserve that. Well, but like, like I said, but by the time he's done directing his own personal trilogy, he'll have directed as many film Star Wars films as George Lucas. That's crazy. And 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 what's great is we don't even know how the public's gonna react. To, I know. To that's, I don't understand. It's <laughs> like it goes. It goes. I mean, uh, you know. If, we say it all the time on this show, like that there's so much like creative like restrictions going on. And this is finally like, they're like, no, we, we've Here, seen what you did with Last Jedi. Take three more movies. And no one else has seen what yeah. you've done with Last Jedi. But They didn't offer this to JJ. Nope. What What did they see in The Last Jedi that got them so excited? I mean, I, I hope we're, I mean, we're going to see it. For it's, the, it's, we're in for like, it's the longest Star Wars movie we've yeah. ever had too. Like at 150 minutes. The apparently. fact that Disney's not like, you got to trim that down. I don't know. I'm like, here's what I think they saw. I think they saw a guy who's, who's creative, who loves Star Wars and doesn't mind when they said, hey, uh, Ryan, uh, do you want to be like, I don't know, the Star Wars guy forever? <laughs> he didn't say no. You know, because some people be like, JJ's like, come on. I do much more than Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, that's not my life. You really got to spend, spend a lot of money to get me back here. But but Ryan's like, <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll do that. Of course, then we could also say that, well, Ryan's directing every film uh, for this upcoming trilogy until he gets spontaneously fired. Um, well, due yeah. to some kind of you know uh, m- mysterious yeah. thing, right. and replaced by Creative Ron Howard. Differences, <laughs> <laughs> but they're bringing JJ back for nine because apparently Ryan didn't want to do nine. Well, that's what they said. Ryan didn't want to do nine because Ryan had already said yes to um, another trilogy. Yeah. Well, I, do we know that for certain? I really was convinced when he said that he didn't have the interest that eight yeah. was so taxing. And the, the Carrie Fisher thing really affected him. I, I still believe that in a lot of ways. I just don't... Maybe this trilogy doesn't necessarily like... If it's not connected or whatever. It, well, if it's not his thing, right? He's still finishing up someone else's thing. So maybe this, like, when they're like, well, this trilogy is hmm. is you. Hmm. That's enough for him to, you know, kind of say like, oh, I'm definitely interested in that. Well, but he was always saying how they gave him so much leeway with The Last Jedi anyway. They said they let him do whatever he wanted. They like because people asked him like on an AMA they were like, well, did Disney say this character must live and this character must die? He's like, no, they just said do do what you want. And mm, I, I still don't believe any of that. I, 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 well, I mean, but what do we believe? Right. <laughs> you know, like if we can't believe the words coming out of his own mouth about why he chose to stick with it or not, I don't know what else to go on. Like, I mean, I, I agree that it's. I don't believe that Disney literally just gave him the reins of their main crown jewel right. and say all right do whatever you want we don't care i'm pretty sure they were like hey listen don't kill luke uh or don't kill ray or whatever yeah i, I don't even like i'm not even sure if we, we don't know if they're gonna say we don't d- i mean luke. we don't know i'm assuming because because <laughs> like, they don't want to kill anything that could be made into a toy right it's the same reason why han solo didn't die in, in return of the jedi so especially in the middle in the middle of, i don't know but dude anything can happen in in this next here's movie. what they said about this specifically they said a new trilogy separate from the episodic skywalker saga introducing new characters from a corner of the galaxy that star wars lore has never before explored so this is 100 percent clean slate so does that mean like wild space can can you just repeat like, that the movies have never explored a corner this, or this, this, this here, here's the quote as it is on starwars.com introducing new characters from a corner of the galaxy that star wars lore has never All before right. explored lore means everything so i think everybody needs to calm down on the like the i see a lot of like the the revens and the old republic <laughs> and the knights of the old right, republic right. and it's like as much as that would be cool they even said I don't, corner of the galaxy not time period right and, and and i don't think you hand ryan johnson his own trilogy to adapt something that oh no means, no no like, yeah yeah yeah. you let him yeah. do his own thing and which is great and it totally could be the old republic it could be a similar era 
It could be in between. Because that lore be... is now a blank slate. Yeah, and, and you know what? I think we're going to get a lot of hints in Last Jedi. Mm. Like, that's... I mean, I'm just speculating based on books being in Force Trees. I mean, there's no nothing else to go on there. I but... mean, look at the past two years of State of the Empire. We have so such a wealth of weird clues of things that they very pointedly included in yep. new media that all point to a establishment of new paradigms for what came before the prequels right. that have yet to be tapped into at all. Yeah, and, and, and they don't they haven't reprinted certain like you know uh the the legends omnibus uh, you know like that they've been you know the series that they've been putting out like they haven't put anything they haven't re-released anything that has to do with the origins of the Jedi. Hmm. Like the Dawn of the Jedi series and Tales of the Jedi have not appeared in anything. And I think it's because they don't want to possibly confuse people. The, even the Star Wars website said that Last Jedi will reveal secrets and mysteries of the Force that like have never been, you know, looked into. So I definitely think, you know, maybe Ryan Johnson might want to pick up from that. And he's like, you know, if he's getting to do origin yeah. hints in this movie, he might want to tell a story about it. Hmm. And then he's the right guy for the job, you know. Mm-hmm. Without question, he's working with his longtime collaborator, producer Ram Bergman, and uh, Kath- Kathy Kennedy said, um, "Watching him craft the Last Jedi from start to finish was one of the great joys of my career." That's awesome. Which is, I mean, and her career is insane. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, they all talk a lot of fluff on the press releases, right. but if any of that is true, that's a crazy thing to say. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we were hearing similar things about Force Awakens before it came out, too, where it's just like, this may be like, hey, you know, maybe I shouldn't be saying this, but I think Force Awakens is going to be the greatest Star Wars movie ever made, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, <laughs> but you didn't hear it from me. And it's just like, all right, well, it was a lot of fun, but, you know, I wouldn't call it the greatest, but it's yeah. like, so I, I'm not surprised we're going to be hearing the same thing about everyone. When before Han Solo comes out, it's like, this is going to be, if you guys like Rogue One, uh, you're going to need to check out Solo. Or, you know what, if you weren't sure about Rogue One, that's fine because it goes back to formula with Solo. Like, no matter what you want to hear, they're going to tell you what you want to hear about. You want it to be funny? Oh, yeah, it's funny, but it's also a little bit serious. It's action-packed, <laughs> but it's got a lot of heart. You know, it's going to have all that shit. So <laughs> It's going to, you know, it's going to please some of the fans with some, you know, uh, some cameos, but not too many cameos, you know, just enough. Just so you know, it's all just, part of the original Just Ponda Baba and Dr. Everson. No big deal. God. I, ho- I hope they appear in every the, Star the, Wars story. The Jay and Silent Bob of the Star Wars universe. No! You thought it was Tag and, and Bank, and, and, but and it's every, ever and, and, and every single time, they repeat those same exact lines. I, mean, I have just, a death sentence in six systems because it's a prequel. It's not. Anyway, it's <laughs> like, Ooh, I like that. Can yeah. we get a series of, of 12 Evazan and Pondabab cameos where they just keep adding the prequel a death trilogy? The, Ryan Johnson's doing the story <laughs> of like how like the like the, the first movie is going to be the first time he gets a death sentence on a system. He's like. I'm in a life of crime now. I can't go back. I just got to start <laughs> racking it up. Like, <laughs> he's a surgeon, but he can't fix his fucked up face. I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, he works in the black market, sure, but you know, oh. he's very attractive where he comes from. I I don't think I don't I don't think half of a he's, scarred face is a race of aliens. He, he also could be very funny. He specializes <laughs> in asymmetricality. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, just, just punches your side of your face till you're fucked up. Or, or making you virtually indistinguishable to facial scannings. <laughs> just by, let me, let I, me screw know, up I, your meat. I, I never read his Wikipedia page. Now I got to know. Like, what's his deal? I just got to know now. I know that he's, you know, he's a criminal. He's a weirdo. We already did this bit. We, we, I know. We looked at the ultimate Star Wars guy. I know, but I got to look. I got to refresh my memory later because <laughs> that's, because what, because why? 
Why? <laughs> anyway, sorry. So let's keep going. It's up to you to write that story, Doug. There are many stories in the Star Wars oh, universe. Oh, I will gladly write this story, and it's going to be the most batshit crazy <laughs> thing ever because it, I don't know his his tales from the Mos Eisley Cantina origin pretty is pretty batshit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll to check it out. We're gonna um, <laughs> we're gonna do our own version of uh, Forces of Destiny. Uh, that's going to be called Forces of, I don't know, Density. And, <laughs> and it's all going to be... Dexter Jetster, <laughs> yeah. uh, Watto. Ooh, I love this idea. Uh, Jackson. Jackson. <sighs> yeah, just, just you know, throwing uh, in there. Uh, who was the fucking... Of course, an- the Wilford Brimley character. Who was the remember. android oh, yeah. that Jizor that had? The fucking... <laughs> that oh, terrible... Gur- Guri? Was that was that her name? Yeah, G- yeah. G-U-R-I. Throw, throw her in there, yeah. and then like she's have a cameo from Gizor, just like just that he sends her out on the mission, and she has to go fuck shit up. Just yeah, because Gizor like just going around seducing every character in the Star Wars yeah. universe, like awkwardly. What if what if Gizor and Thrawn Suggest were in the same room? Gardola, together? Gardola the Hut. He has to seduce <laughs> Gardola the Hut. Would would Shizor and Thrawn just have like a boner off, just being like, "Oh, I'm so like in control of the situation." Oh, but <laughs> that's that, I'm gonna write that slash fiction now. It's like Sherlock and Doctor Who coming across each other and just like, yeah. I was gonna much say or just loop. or just Sherlock and Moriarty, just like you yeah, know when God. they meet in there. Yeah. God. So we're gonna do this right. We're gonna start. We're gonna scrap the news and just start doing these horrible Star Wars fan fiction vignettes that eventually are accepted uh, as canon. I'm just gonna, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that might be a very popular feature. I just want to see. There's there's a very select group of Star Wars fans who'd really be into that. I think <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna look up a Moriarty Sherlock slash fan fiction and just control find replace Moriarty <laughs> with Gizor and Sherlock with uh, Thrawn and then just read that on the next uh, episode. That'll be fun. <laughs> So there's no there's no release dates for this new trilogy. We know nothing. We probably won't know anything until later in the year. Um, but November 9th, like I said, crazy day. That same thing uh, during a quarterly earnings call, Michael Eisner said, "Hey, so uh, get it, get get a load of this. We're gonna do a live action Star Wars TV show. It's a boot, a reboot. I don't know. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's a boot. How, it's how the a, characters get their names. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a boot or reboot. That's a running gag. Just ignore that. It's not. It's not real. But there's a live action TV series for Star Wars in the works. It's going to be air on a proprietary streaming service expected to launch by the end of 2019." Oy. Yeah, I know. I know. Not only are we we're losing, you know, internet, and the internet's going to get turned into cable package, but also uh, all streaming media is just a sl- selection of a la carte packages. Yeah. Great. I love the future. I did read another article that went on to say that this new Disney streaming service that's going to have both Marvel and Star Wars stuff on it will be priced com- uh, competitively against things like Netflix. Well, actually, Michael Eisner said substantially below because it will have less content. Well, hey, Bob, good. Bob Iger. Bob Iger. That was a really good Freudian slip, though. <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah, he said below. I mean, because he said uh, due to, I don't know if he said lack of content, but he said significantly less content. Yeah, yeah. But so if it's like two bucks, what, sure. What's strange though is like, I mean, they're not gonna like vault us on all the Disney stuff. I mean, it's probably a different conversation outside Star Wars, but like, I hear like Disney streaming service, like, give me the whole freaking library. Like, I want all the old cartoons. Open the vault. I want all the old Disney afternoon stuff. I want all the movies, like, you know, and then all the Star Wars and Marvel stuff. Could you imagine? And that, to me, that's like, I don't know. I pay as much for as would, I pay for Netflix. If, if they opened the vault, quote right. unquote, and just put everything on there, would they include things like uh, Song of the Song South? of the South? Well, I mean, 
I, I can see some exceptions being granted for very. <laughs> I mean, we also have some uh, World War II propaganda stuff that they're kind of like iffy on too. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you know. Donald wakes up in a nightmare and he's in the Nazi right. you know thing or whatever. Uh, that's not the least of it. It's mostly yeah. what they say about the Japanese. Yeah. That's true too. <laughs> that, yeah, they yeah. could say whatever you could say whatever you want about a Nazi, but ooh, that was not good. That stuff. Yeah. <laughs> However, that said, I mean, yeah, you're right. You're right, Matt. The Disney Vault if we look at the television is extensive, just think mm-hmm. of the stuff that was produced for Disney channel for throughout the last, like, you know, what, 25 years or so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, but, uh, they, they will be producing new material for this. They'll produce four to five original movies a year. In addition to original TV series. And, uh, it won't have traditional advertising in the form of commercials, though. They said sponsorship opportunities may be available, whatever that means. I just I, hope it's not like Hulu where you're like, oh, man, there's a lot of ads here. And they're like, here, sign up for Hulu and you, you'll get rid of those ads. And then it's like, oh, there's actually still ads. Yeah. I, I love paying for a service and then having to still watch ads. It's great. It's super great. <laughs> I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, we're screwed. <laughs> yeah. Th- th- uh, I'm nervous about a Star Wars TV show. Um, it, it, it To me, it requires a production value that you have to like you have to be at the very highest. And mm. I think shows have proven lately that you can do that. Like, you know, Game of Thrones, for instance, like yeah. production value is so high that you can, but I still think Star Wars needs to be even higher. Like this, as much as I love a show like The Expanse or Battlestar Galactica on sci-fi, like I don't think it can look like those shows. Yeah. You know, it's got to like... Unless it literally took place on Jakku. <sighs> if it just... Took, I mean, that's what I'm saying though. It's just like, is it really Star Wars if you're only going to be like in one crappy place you know, right. And unless you have a budget that rivals, or let's be honest, is probably bigger than something like Game of Thrones, how are you ever going to do it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't want to like be cynical. I just, I just, I have, I don't have the slightest idea on what you'd want to do. Yeah. Like, I can think of many stories that would be a great, you know, show that to tell over a series, like a series length thing. But if you tried to shoot Star Wars Rebels as a live action show, you'd you'd run out of money like in no time. Oh yeah, absolutely. I and mean, they can barely afford the assets for the handful of planets they go to on that series alone. Right. That's crazy. I, yeah, I just, I don't. I mean, we've had Star Wars video projects that have not, you know, left, you know, beyond one planet, the Ewok movies. But I don't <laughs> think I don't think that's what we're looking at here. At least I hope not. I mean, I definitely want to. I mean, someday we might have a Star Wars movie that only stays on one planet. I mean, the Obi Wan film, if it ever happens, could stay on one planet. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, you could you could do it, but I don't know if we want a you know ten episode a season show. I mean, I haven't seen the Star Trek Discovery to compare it as far as production value, but from what I've seen, like for from what I've heard, the show is okay to good. From what I've seen, the production value is not what nearly what I would want. The production Star value for the f- I've only seen the first three episodes of it. The production value for the first two episodes are at cinematic level. It's kind of crazy. Oh, that's um, great. From there, everything that happened in episode three still top notch. But the difference is that they're dealing. It shifts from being the first two parts are essentially part one and part two of what would be a feature film. They could have mm-hmm. put it in theaters and no one would have been any any oh. the wiser. But it, it all acts as setup for what becomes the traditional Star Wars situational Star Trek situation. Good God, yes, yeah, Star Trek situational show. Um, you know, of being on a ship and going from thing to thing, but it's all sets. Yeah, you have that bridge set, and then everything kind of revolves. Yeah. That. So, right. if a Star Wars show could exist exclusively in spaceports, maybe we got something there. Right. Hmm. 
But uh, the only date we have is that the service is going to be up by the end of 2019. That's to say nothing of when this series is going to come into existence. Right. Plenty of room for it to become a smoldering crater of a project still. Yeah, I mean, plenty of time for people to buy into Iger saying this at an earnings report and to invest more money, and then eventually them saying, you know what, it's just like uh, Lucas's live-action project that just fell apart. Well, you know, Lucas. Uh, speaking of which, Lucas's live-action project was always rumored to have something to do with, like, 1313. Yeah. If you did a Sopranos-type story in 1313... You could do a live action show out of that where you don't have to go to other planets. It's all just like families competing and shit, which is all really popular. It wasn't even a year ago that we were talking about how uh, Kathleen Kennedy said, you know, none of this stuff is dead. We're still looking at it. Yeah. I mean, it all just take place on one space station where like a family owns the space station or like maybe a group of officers and like all these cool aliens come and visit and all the time. Like that's never been done before. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Are you describing Cheers, but with aliens? Also, D Space Nine. D Space Nine, <laughs> cheers. Oh, yeah. Babylon 5. Yeah, Babylon I mean. 5. Yeah. <laughs> so, we've only got a few weeks until The Last Jedi comes out, which is crazy. We've seen an increase in trailers, just micro clips of new stuff every time. Hardly anything new. I, I, I kind of want to stop watching all those new TV spots because, you know, at first I was like, oh, new footage. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm getting excited now. I kind of want to stop watching some of the new footage. So you're not excited anymore? No, I'm very excited. Yeah, don't, don't, don't go calling on us. No, I'm not. <laughs> I don't know. I ain't going to go calling, but I'm just. It's, <laughs> I, 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 I was telling Kat before we started recording that it's like my hype levels are, 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 are accelerating quickly yeah. the closer we get to it. Because at first I was like, oh, let's try This trailer looks great. This all looks really good. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this. But once, like, a switch in my brain flipped where I realized, like, we're going to be seeing Luke fucking Skywalker, like, full on, you know, not, and, and I kind of forgot the fact that, oh, yeah, we've seen Luke. It's like, no, we haven't. We saw no. him turn around, you know? Mm-hmm. We haven't really seen him since Return of the Jedi. And it's like... I've I've been growing up with the continuing adventures of Master, you know, Jedi Master Luke Skywalker since I was right. a wee tot. And now, like, I'm going to see yeah. it. Like, yeah. I'm going crazy. Like, I know. I'm going to see it. I'm going to be crying the entire film. That's like, because it's like, I had that, I remember way back when we said, when we went, when we all saw the, the trailer at Celebration and you see Han and Chewie for the first time, I was like, oh my gosh, it's like they were dead to me, but now they're like alive again. Mm-hmm. It's happening to me again, but with Luke Skywalker, I was like, I never thought, just like, and even though in the first movie, even in Force Awakens, they treat like, oh, he's like a myth, he's a legend, and oh, he's like this mysterious figure. So I kind of got suckered into the, oh yeah, he's always kind of been there in the background, but he's mysterious or whatever. But it's like, no, dude. He's gonna fucking be there, and it's what's gonna happen? I don't know. He looks, he looks angry. Why is Luke angry? <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> Why is Luke on both sides of the IMAX display? I don't, he's, he's in the the white robes, and he's in the dark robes. And what does it mean? What do I? What do I do now? Some folks in Mexico City have seen ten to thirteen minutes of the Last Jedi already. Mm. We're going to be describing. <laughs> Translating a translation, actually, oh as to what was seen there behind the blast doors. And I, before you begin, I just got to say, because I, I... Well, I'm not it. beginning. That's right. happening at the end of the episode. Right. I'm just going to say, <laughs> everything that's in there, I don't even know if it's really spoiler-worthy, because it's like, it's pretty much everything we see in a trailer. Like, there, I, there's there's no real major story plot I that feel like they confirmed some suspicions we had about what we've seen, though. So I feel like that's spoilery. I could understand it being spoiler and you want to put it behind the blasters. Right. I'm just saying, I don't think there's, there's no bombshell in it. You know? Yeah. If, we're not going to ruin the movie for anybody. <laughs> if you, uh, if you heard our coverage of the force awakens, let's just say there's no ramparts in this description. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> now, there is, however, some other stuff we can share. Uh, for example, Entertainment Weekly has been producing a number of articles that are all mostly puff pieces, but there's been some interesting content in there. For example, the technology that's gone into the development of this film, the crystal foxes from the trailers are gorgeous, gorgeous puppet animatronic hybrids, and there's a video you absolutely should watch to see how they're doing this. Um, they're called uh, Vulptex, which is... So very close to Vulpix. <laughs> too close. Way too close. Yeah, I don't know if Pablo Hidalgo, you know, I don't know if he's a Pokemon fan or if he's just completely oblivious to the international phenomenon of Pokemon. But uh, they're called Vulp Vulptices when referring to a pack of them. That's probably wrong. I mean, I'm saying it wrong. Um, it's like Vulpt and then Ice. I don't know. Um, but apparently they've been living in the former Rebel installation on Crate. This whole time since since it was established in, I guess, the Princess Leia young adult novel. Yes. Um, so part of their not culture exactly, but habitat has been about living in that space. And uh, to, to figure out how to do this effect, they the, one of the first things they did was they brought a, a small dog into the studio and put it in a suit covered in drinking straws. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay. Um, which they said had a wonderful movement and sound. So I think the sound design on these crystal Ooh, foxes is going to be awesome. Think about that. Right? Huh. There's a... There's just going to be wind chimes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, they might be something similar to that, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think on Star Tours when you see the... You see them if there's any noises that are going on, but there's a lot of action going on when you see them, so... And we'll, we'll get into that real yeah. soon. I... Matt, we haven't talked about this, and I can't right. wait to hear. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Matt's cool. in Orlando now, but he was in Los Angeles very recently, and in Anaheim more recently, mm -hmm. and even so, and he also visited Crate, from what I hear. Yes, and he was he was also and, and, yes. and somewhere else, <laughs> somewhere else, but pretty pretty cool and important. Jakku, even better than that. <laughs> oh, everybody wants to go to Jakku. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's there's actually was a telling quote from Neil Scanlon, the head of the Star Wars Creature Shop, about these wolves that I think uh, has a we can glean some State of the Empire style insight from this. They live within the burrows and within the tunnels beneath the planet. So there's a time where their ability to shine within the darkness should provide a guiding light to our heroes. Original character, do not steal. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. What's interesting is that we've seen, what we've seen specifically about Crate has been all action sequences. We've seen the, the Falcon flying through some caverns. We've seen the, the, the big assault on the salt flats um, and Poe ducking around in some trenches. But this implies to me there's going to be some really mysterious, intimate moments on this planet which is awesome to me because I, it looks so weird. I absolutely want it to be more than a bunch of battle sequences. Yeah, I, I hope so. I, I mean, it. they've set it up to be a lot more, I feel. If they can, uh, if Poe can like go on a spirit journey with this like fox. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that'll be tip top. Thank and you. That'd be a nice little con like connection with rebels too. Mm -hmm. I mean, we got a lot of spirit journeys going on lately. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Poe did grow up under a forest tree, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, as far as uh, mysterious things with characters, there's not much to say about Rose. But EW did release a short article that zeroed in on a necklace she's wearing. It's what looks like a crescent moon. Uh, apparently, it's an object that will have more meaning when the story unfolds. And I, what? Like, Rose isn't there to just be a cool character. She's got, like, a weird mystery talisman that's somehow tied to the film. 
You, you remember when we all got excited about Jin Erso's necklace because they're like, oh my gosh, that looks like a kyber crystal. What did her mom have a kyber crystal? Did did the mom give her a kyber crystal? And it made no, no difference. It had nothing to do with the story. But it was that. But it had nothing to do with anything. It was like it. it here, this will protect you. And then nothing. That was literally. It was just there for the opening scene. Now, was oh, that was that lost in the edit? It didn't protect her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny that you point that out because like having read the novelization, also Rebel Rising, like mm. I mean that that kyber necklace is very important i think like it, it definitely focuses her, like where her character goes and is driven yeah but not in the movie but exactly now that you pointed out you're absolutely right it didn't really just like the bow gullet yeah and you know and, and what yeah oh god um but what's strange is like i'm surprised we didn't see any like um kyber crystal necklaces being sold at disneyland like i haven't seen that that's that's sacrilegious man <laughs> I don't think so. I think we got we got some rumors of some kyber crystal necklaces in this movie. Hey man, it's on the fig, it's on the action figures. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm the force and the forces with me. So yeah, but mm-hmm. if you sold those, if you sold those like kyber crystals and people like wearing them like as necklaces and stuff, and what if they had like a really bad vacation where like a relative died while they were away and they got really sad, would they would have to turn red? We're like, why isn't it turning red? Am I not sad enough? Am I not? Or, or am you're I not, not, or you're not for, force sensitive enough? Oh, but the force is in everyone. I Why am I being forsaken? <laughs> Crystal turned red. I feel bad. <laughs> Please verify that I am feeling terrible enough. Like you've you've got some extremely complicated feelings about this, Doug, because it doesn't make sense. And I, and I <laughs> and I say that knowing Star Wars doesn't make a lot of sense with a lot of things, but it's just the one step too far for me. I just can't. I just mean like the because you're 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 once again vexing about the the crystal bleeding. Yeah, but but also tying it into this like fictional product that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, the mo- Yeah, it's a moon that I, ring that I'm just surprised that Disney decided not to milk for yeah. like Rogue One's merchandising. I'm I, I'm very I am very surprised we didn't see some cool Kyber crystal necklaces. I kind of mm. want one. <laughs> it would be that hard to make. They just you know that's true. You get some quartz, and you- I was like, I can't find I can't find a first order hat at anywhere because apparently Nazis aren't in fashion right now, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Which is a good thing, but um, <laughs> like in case it need be but said, if I, if I could find a red kyber crystal necklace for to wear for Last Jedi, that'd be that'd be great. Let all the <laughs> ladies know you got emotional issues. Yeah, <laughs> baby, I blood this crystal. They like them broken. <laughs> <laughs> Disney, if you're listening, I really want a red kyber crystal necklace. <laughs> There's there was also an article about Snoke. Um, and the article describes him much like the emperor, a, a predator who identifies weakness and exploits it, drawing the young and promising to his side with promises of power, then using and discarding his protégés when they are no longer of use. Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Circus says his training of Kylo Ren is not yielding what he wants. Therefore, his anger towards Kylo has intensified because he can't bear weakness in others. Part of the manipulation is goading him with hucks and playing them off against each other. Oh, Kylo's so going anti-Snoke in this movie. I really feel like that that entire thing to me sounds like it's just setting him up to Yeah, I mean Snoke know. like tossing away his protégés, like I think, you know, he's going to get, you know, turned, you know, uh what is it? Senpai's not going to recognize him. <laughs> <laughs> like I just noticed me. Noticed. Yeah, 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 exactly. He won't be noticed. Um, so who's going to replace him though? A new character that we don't know yet? Ray. Oh. What? <laughs> you 
You heard it here first. Finn. Guys. Oh gosh. <laughs> I do hope Finn's force sensitive. I do. I would actually love to see this trilogy end where Finn Poe and Ray are force sensitive and they just become the first class of Luke's actual like new Jedi. Star Academy. Wars first class. Yeah. Like X Men. <laughs> we, we, we got it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that movie they did that one time with the young people who held powers. Uh, oh. There was another thing about Snoke that I thought was very interesting in that article, referring to him as, as uh, Circus referred to him as greedy, mm. which it was very interesting because, I mean, the Emperor's, like, it just seemed power for power's sake. You know, mm. like, I'm, the Sith want to rule the galaxy. But mm-hmm. to hear, like, Snoke just wants power, like, greed to me sounds like wealth, and he definitely dresses opulently. Like a fucking space So it's kind of like, it's nice to see like a bad guy who actually has like more realistic intentions for what he wants power (laughs) for. Wait, wait, wasn't there another article that talked about like that Circus had said that he wants to inflict like the pain that was inflicted upon him. Yes, same article. Yeah. Uh, His hatred of the resistance is fueled by what's happened to him personally, as in his physical injuries. So apparently we're going to get told a little bit more about what happened to him and Circus actually getting the opportunity to do more than just sit in a chair. His motion capture for performance is apparently very dynamic and it will really validate putting someone like him in in the role of this character because um, as Circus said, his aggression and anger is contained and restricted by his twist by how twisted he is physically. Hmm. Um, And uh, also they point out in the article that the last, that uh, the first order is stronger than than anyone else in the galaxy realized. It's probably more stronger than we realized because I still don't. I don't. I don't. I don't I, get that, their thing. That like, it's still the most infuriating part of this new trilogy is yeah. they just they can't clarify what the first order, what it is, and where it came from. Like I just, I mean, this fast. Also, what they want. I mean, it's like we want to conquer the galaxy. It's like all right, but I, ha- I had I had an argument about this at work with someone actually because <laughs> it's like with Palpatine, it made sense. He he transformed. He transformed the Senate from the inside. Right. He goes in, turns the system against itself. Boom. Overnight, you succeed. That's right. it. It's the only way to do it. Because if you are an outside force with building an army, then you try to come in and sweep the Republic. Right. You it's just like, unite them. That's right. Hitler was elected. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because you can't just come in from the outside like that. So why is the First Order doing the and same blunder? This, this Phasma novel has Brendel Hux. You know, he's still kicking it. And like he's sitting, you know, that the first order is bringing justice for all through a firm hand eh, by and, blowing up your and, friends. <laughs> and then the the, the Poe Dameron novel where they're in this Cold War. Like I just I don't know the level that the first order is at. Like, are we talking like the first order is at like fifty percent of the known galaxy at this point as far as a sphere of influence? Because like, or is it literally just Star Killer Base? Uh, yeah, like, I don't have a, I don't have I have no reference point. Yeah, because I mean, losing Starkiller Base and only seeing one First Order Star Destroyer in that entire movie. Yeah, I have no idea how big this enemy really is. But then Snoke was all like, "Ah, forget it," you yeah. know. Like he's like, it, "Oh, oh, Star Starkiller Base is being destroyed." Ah, fine, abandoned ship. Right. It's like he did. So how? Well, considering the size of the Star Destroyer, he has. I mean, he's yeah, got that too. And also, That's, is is know. it coming from within? Like, are these like former Republic people who are dissatisfied with Republic? Like, you know, he has a lot of human soldiers, but all of these, like the aftermath novels and Phasma novels, makes it feel like they're coming from unknown regions, coming from wild space, coming from like it's basically a force they didn't know that was, was or or being whole built. planets that are still loyal to the Emperor when he died and after he died. Yeah. Like, if your if your planet is like a true believer, like like your citizens are like straight up Imperial planets. And then all of a sudden, these hippies come along and are like, "We're the New Republic," and they're like, "Fuck you!" The, you know, the, the join the resistance books. Like, there's a mention that 
the main character says, well, he knows that the First Order was once a part of the, of the New Republic Senate. What? And I'm like, good grief. That's in the, loaded. In the Bloodline novel, six years before Force Awakens comes out, no one knows anything about it. The First Order hasn't shown up yet. Leia uncovers this financial trail of like secretly funding this paramilitary group, which once again, it's just a paramilitary group. It doesn't sound like it's very big. Yeah. So six years later, they have a whole planet that's blowing up and, solar and systems. In the Poe Dameron comic book, Terex is directly responsible for acquiring some one of the first major fleets that became part of the First Order. Yeah, like I, d- I don't. I and, and that's why they're actively looking for Lor Santeca, right? No, this is but this that was a flashback. Oh, it was flashbacks. Okay, okay. I don't know if we're going to get any explanation on any of that in the movie because it's complicated and who wants to have the boring exposition, you know. Right. It's not It's not necessary for the movies, yeah. quite frankly. But maybe once this movie happens, they'll be allowed to tell whatever stories either reveal or explain because they have no plan right. um, what this actually is. Yeah. It's just it's just confusing. Like, I feel like they had to, by now, have this, like, story Bible of, like, what's happened before. Right, they must have. I mean, otherwise, what's the point of the story group? Right. right. Well, it seems... So, as far as First Order is concerned, take over the galaxy, hooray. But Snoke and uh, Kylo Ren are very focused on finding Luke and destroying Mm -hmm. the remnants of the Jedi. Well, if he's just one Jedi, what are they so afraid of? Right. And, well, what secrets does he maybe... Does he maybe know? Like, I don't... Is is there a greater threat there? You know what I mean? It's like times is, it, like these that I miss George Lucas's bullshit political traumas. <laughs> well, because it's like well, what? Yeah. It, I actually, Doug, you bring up a good point. Like last shot, I could just reveal that there is a much bigger like macro story that like there. You know, when we get into what the origins of the Jedi are, hmm. like maybe that's the concern. Because I mean, Snoke seems pretty convinced in Force Awakens. Like if they find Luke first, like we're, we're fucked. Do- we're yeah, done. and then like, but like why? You, with all the stuff you got, you already blew up. You blew up five fucking planets. You know, it, it, like, I just need some clarification on the First Order. That's all. Yeah. Everybody does. There's we don't know what the stakes really are. Right. Doug, I understand you've got some kind of a strange observance about scripts and what what we might be able to expect from this film. Yeah, it's a couple of odd coincidences, which may just be coincidence, you know, whatever. It's but uh in some of the later latest trailers, um there's scenes uh well quick shots rather of uh looks like ray is like in some sort of meditation on uh on on the island and uh she's struggling and she's like her force abilities are getting kind of out of hand and uh luke is like yelling at her to get her attention because she's like so into the in the zone or whatever um and after seeing it, I, it reminded me of uh, an early draft of The Empire Strikes Back, which I think I brought up before when we were talking about the potential for the Han Solo spinoff, like, who's Woody Harrelson? And I was like, oh, well, there's a character mentioned in The Empire Strikes Back early draft about Han Solo's adopted dad, non-biological father, and how he is, like, the head of a shipping, like, illegal shipping stuff and tr- taught him everything he knew. And uh, that might be Woody Harrelson or whatever. But in a totally different scene, Luke is visiting Minch, which was Yoda's name <laughs> before he was Yoda. Yeah, good Actually, change. You know, it's funny. I I remember that, but I feel like I haven't heard that name in a long time. In a long time. <laughs> now I, I pulled up the script, and I'm at the point where Luke is meeting Minch, and, and it's you know there's stupid dialogue and stuff that's very prequel like. But I'm going to try and get to the scene where Luke is actually in a meditation and is. Uh, having to be called out of it by Minch because it's uh, similar, and and what what the meditation holds might reveal a possible thing for uh, for what Ray's going through, 
because she seems uh ray in in the trailers at least seems to be very unsure of like who's the right side like she needs i need someone to show me my place in this because she's tempted for some reason obviously so uh and actually in this early draft luke feels similar when i'll try to get you the actual the the words right off the page so you can understand what i'm talking about here yeah i believe ray says something is calling me in the, in, the, in those tv teasers the setup for the scene is luke is on the planet which is not dagobah um it's just called the bog planet and he's talking to minch like in minch's uh hut or whatever and minch is not yoda and is you know explaining uh natures of the force and whatnot so here we go interior minch's house day it's spotlessly clean. <laughs> the floor is covered with reed mats. Various exotic items hang on the walls. Mementos of Minch's years as a Jedi. Luke sits on the floor. Even so, the roof is close over his head, listening to Minch, who crouches on a small bed. I don't know. I don't want to give him Yoda's voice, but I'm just going to have to give him some sort of something. For the novice, the body must be comfortable, neither hungry nor overfed, neither hot nor cold. No, you need another voice. This yeah. isn't working for me. Um, maybe do the, the Yoda voice from uh, Bad Lip Reading. Okay, yeah, 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 there we go, there we go. For the novice, the body must neither yes! be... Yes! <laughs> neither be comfortable, nor, neither hungry, nor overfed, neither hot, nor cold. You must... This is perfect, keep going. <laughs> yes. You must not be sleepy nor tired, and your mind must be clear. Luke nods. Let your mind go free. Reach out. Reach out with the force. Force that runs between the stars. Between the galaxies. The force that lights the suns. Reach for it, Luke. Reach. Luke whispers, I'm trying. Cut to, and now this is an interesting thing because this is what we see in Rogue One. Cut to Darth Vader's castle. A grim <laughs> castle of black iron that squats on a rock in the midst of a crimson sea. Interior, Darth Vader's castle. In a tower room, grim and... <laughs> Just say grim several times. Grim and darkling. Uh, darkling lighted? Darkling lighted by red by the red glow outside. Vader is at home at ease. He has companions, several small, gar small gargoyles that perch or caper on massive furniture. He is feeding them tidbits from a golden bowl, enjoying their ugliness and their greed. What? Just <laughs> Hold on to your fucking hat, because it's going to get fucking batshit crazy when Luke starts meditating here. Uh, abruptly... He stiffens. He sweeps the gargoyles aside and stands up, his fists on the table. The gargoyles skitter away, frightened. Yeah. Interior, thank you. Interior, Minch's house, day. Minch and Luke. Luke's face glistens with sweat. Minch is staring at him in amazement. Luke, I think, I, I think. Interior, Darth Vader's castle. Darth Vader, feeling the disturbance of the force, knowing it can only derive from one source. Hurls hurls his own dark power against Luke. Interior Minch's house day. Luke, in a semi-trance, shows signs of distress. Dark. Dark. Minch is in instantly alert. Come back, Luke. <laughs> Don't but <fall> Luke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Luke straightens and something unfamiliar comes into his face. When he speaks, his voice is harsh and deep. And he is not speaking to Minch, but someone far away. No, fight. Dark with dark. Interior, Darth Vader's castle. The gargoyles cower. Darth Vader recoils as if, as if from a blow. And then he laughs as if he has discovered something that bodes no good for Luke. Interior, Minch's house day. Minch, frightened, be bends every effort to call him back. Luke! <laughs> Luke's eyes open and he looks at Minch. 
Darth Vader. And I felt power. I struck back. The dark side of the force. And then there's a there's a lot of note notations here because it's an actual scanned copy of the script. So there's a lot of dialogue here that was cut out. But I'll I'm gonna try and read read as much as I can. Uh, the dark side of the force. You must not use it, Luke. Why not? It'll destroy you as it destroyed Darth Vader. Luke, you're in greater danger than I realized. Trains, you're far more powerful than I. Far more powerful than Obi Wan. You don't just touch the force, Luke. You rend it. Luke taking this in. But why should that be dangerous? I mean, to be so strong. The more strength, the greater the temptation. Skywalker, if your ship could fly, I'd order you off my world right now. You're too great a burden. Darth Vader's castle. Darth Vader has sat down, lost in thought, and small gargoyles are taking <laughs> are taking courage coming back to him. Abru- <laughs> Abruptly, a communication device shrills and summons. He rises and flips the switch, and then he uh, starts talking to the... Uh, well, I guess it's important. Fine. Basically, the Emperor calls him. And, uh, hello. Uh, <laughs> and he says, Your Imperial Highness. Now, you got to keep in mind, because Luke is, at this point, when they were writing it, was Mark Hamill, Darth Vader was Darth Vader, so I'll try and keep this as, as accurate as possible. Your Imperial Highness. The voice that speaks is silken and deadly as a strangler's cord. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's rough. You are aware of the disturbance in the Force. I am. Then you know that Skywalker is not dead. Remove him, Lord Vader, or I shall remove you. Darth Vader bows. The screen goes black. Vader turns away from his posture and the rhythm of his breathing. He is angry because of his fear for the Emperor. He knocks against the golden bowl off the table with a mighty clang. And once more, the gargoyles cower. And uh, there's another. So he then. Okay, here here we go. Sorry, I just want to make sure I get this straight because it's a lot of notations. What's great about you doing this for this particular episode is that Matt and I are making fucking eyes at each other. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, I fucking told you. Exterior bog world night. In the ghostly glimmering night, we see the spacer, which is Luke's X-Wing. Repaired and positioned for takeoff, ready to go. Exterior, Minch's house, night. Pale light spilling from the doorway shows R2 standing vigil. Interior, Minch's house, night. By the light of the dim lamp, Luke and Minch face each other as before. Luke seems indefinably older, more sober, intent. Minch is restless, not entirely happy. Minch. Would have been easier just to teach you if you'd started younger, like Obi-Wan. You're going too far, too fast. But I'm beginning to understand, Minch. Beginning to get control. A plated basket holds strange fruit. Luke's at, Luke holds out his hand and takes, uh, and one of the things levitates into it. Oh, please tell me this is a reenactment of that scene from Attack of the Clones. I know. I was just thinking, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before you can control the Force, you have to be able to control yourself. And you haven't learned that. I know you think you have, but... You think I won't be able to hold out against Darth Vader? He wills the fruit back into the basket. Yet you tell me I'm stronger than Obi-Wan, and he held out. Obi-Wan had already won his battle. With the dark side of the Force, you've never told me exactly what it is, Minch. It's the darkness inside of you, in all of us. That's what makes the temptation so great. The Force is power. It's up to the individual how he uses it. Most of the Jedi Knights were honorable men, faithful to their vows. But sometimes, what happened to the bad ones? There were none during my service until Darth Vader. I think they have been forgotten and have grown careless. How soon will I be able to call Ben from wherever he is? You've still got some few lessons ahead of you. Residedly, Luke settles into his student posture. 
Exterior bog world day. R2 standing uh, discontently apart from Luke and Minch in the clearing by the pond. Minch is also retired to the background. Luke, with new strength and authority in, a voice, and, in voice and manner, calls out. Ben, Obi-Wan, by the force, I call you. <laughs> For a moment, nothing happens. Damn it. And Luke wonders if he has failed. Then, as before, Ben materializes. I am here. Ben, I'm so glad to see you. Are you real or are you a ghost? Ben laughs. I am as real as you are, only my reality has changed a little. There are no ghosts. There are only names you put to things that you can't understand. Then Darth Vader didn't kill you. It was my time to move on. To move on where? To a different part of the universe. It's all one, if you know the way. Or rather, if you understand the laws that govern the way. There's a whole bunch of shit crossed out after that that's hard and very difficult for you, so I'm not going to attempt it. Luke, I brought someone with me. Another half-ghostly form emerges from the mists, a tall, fine-looking man who approaches Luke slowly. Ben. Your father. My father? Even with his newfound maturity, Luke finds this awesome, not to say, not to say an earth-shattering moment. They look at each other. And then the person has only known, his, his description is Skywalker. So he's just Luke's dad. You've grown well, Luke. I'm proud of you. Luke, not knowing what to say, says nothing. Did your uncle ever speak to you about your sister? Whoa! <laughs> now, now let me let me back back up and reread that line again as it was originally written because it was crossed out and handwritten. Your sister. Did your uncle ever speak to you about Nelith? What? Nelith? No. Who is she? Your sister. My sister. I have a sister. But why didn't Uncle Owen? It was by my request. When I saw the Empire closing in, I sent you both away for your own safety, far apart from each other. Where is she? If I were to tell you, Darth Vader... A planet called Jakku. (laughs) (laughs) If I were to tell you, Darth Vader could get that information from your mind and use her as a hostage. Not yet, Luke. When it's time. He looks gravely at his son. Luke, will you take from me the oath of a Jedi Knight? (laughs) (laughs) Slowly, proudly, Luke draws his lightsaber and activates it, bringing it to the salute. Skywalker does the same. Ben and Minch also raise their sabers, standing by as witnesses. I, I just want to say real quick. Yeah. I, I hate the timing of this. <laughs> I, do, I do love the idea. I would love to see a knighting ceremony like this. So Skywalker then says, I, Luke Skywalker, Luke repeats after him in suitable intervals, <laughs> do swear on my honor and on the faith of the Brotherhood of Knights to use the force only for good, to always fight the dark side, to dedicate my life to the cause of freedom and justice. If I and should, the American way? <laughs> if I should fail this vow, my life shall be forfeit, here and hereafter. And so Luke repeats it. The four sabers touch, a kind of ceremonial amen. So <laughs> they just, have their they sabers touch tips. Yeah. in Force World. Yeah. Dope. Uh, <laughs> then, Sky, then, then, then adult Skywalker says, that is the only armor I can give you. The rest is yours to do. Then Ben says, goodbye, Luke. Ben and Skywalker fade into the mists. Luke's look after them, his face more emboldened and fearful. Then Minch says, Your real test is yet to come, and Darth Vader will do the testing. (laughs) What's he waiting for? You, because you were afraid. You've kept your mind closed to the dark side. But sooner or later, you must open it, and he'll know. You may wish you hadn't taken that vow. And then this is, again, this is the thing that we've been building towards because this is the moment of the thing that I was thinking of, like the meditation, reaching out with the force, intentionally contacting the dark side here. 
He shuts his eyes and leans back against the inside wall of Minch's hut. Minch says, Open your mind, Luke, to the dark side of the force. Interior Minch's house, night. The clearing in the swamp is wreathed by ever-present mist. R2 stands at one side of the house. Abruptly, his metal housing begins to twitch with a kind of eerie brush discharge. Beeping, he looks around and falls silent. Shape of darkness, much taller than a man, having no visible features, yet still giving the impression of Darth Vader's shape and form, towers into the clearing, outlined in little flickering bursts of energy. Phantom-like, there seems to be an echo of heavy breathing. Presently, much smaller, a second form manifests itself. This too is featureless, but suggests Luke. It is light in color, almost white, but flickering, weaker than Vader's. You're still afraid. You tried twice to kill me. That was before I knew your strength. Now I'd prefer to have you as an ally. Ally? Look. The swamp clearing has vanished. They seem to now stand in interstellar space, with glory all around them. <laughs> There's a shit ton crossed out here, so I can't, I can't read it. Uh, the, uh, the Darth Vader figure reaches out a huge shadowy hand as if to grasp a star field. The star seemed to slip through his fingers like sand. Ooh. Oh, boy. I can no longer go as a man among men. What's left of my body survives only because of life support systems that sustain it. But my brain lives, and my will lives, and my power lives. Have you never wanted power, Luke? Power to strike back at your enemies, to avenge wrongs, to keep those you love safe from harm? What about Princess Leia? I've sworn an oath. Other men's words, other men's shackles. Will you be a child all your life? I've sworn an oath. But the lightness of the smaller form seems to be darkening, the flickers of energy getting stronger. You're in love with Leia, who's not his sister in this version, obviously. You're in love or with Leia. Or not so obvious. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't want, you don't want to lose her to Han Solo, but you will, if you lack the courage to use the strength that's in you. A strength as great as mine, Luke. If you join me, nothing can stand against us. But what about the Empire? The Empire is a passing phase. We would rule in its stead, you and I. The Emperor is a harsh master. You would not be. You could restore the peace, put a stop to the killing. How much good you could do, Luke. Don't be afraid. Reach out. Grasp the stars. They're yours for the taking. Tentatively, the Luke image reaches a, reaches a cloudy hand toward the star field. The image has gone quite dark now. The pulse of energy around it, very bright. The cloudy fingers seem to gather up the stars. There is a whisper of a laugh, which turns suddenly into a wailing cry. They burn. And I've sworn an oath. The cloudy hand is stretched back. Luke's image dwindles and fades, pursued by a booming laughter of Darth Vader. Run then, Luke. But you'll come back. The dark side is in you, and it won't let you rest. Interior, Minch's house night. Luke is hugging himself, shivering, half sobbing. I ran, Minch. I ran away. I couldn't fight him. He looks at his hand with a kind of horror. But I wanted. I wanted. Minch looks at him somberly, unsurprised. Well, that's my new canon. <laughs> I, okay. I First of all, I just want to say to all all you young writers out there still dreaming. <laughs> every, as they say, every good story starts out as a shitty first draft. Sure. No, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I say, Doug, I think you're on something. I won't be nearly as cheesy as that, but I would not be surprised if... You know, we've seen a lot of Ray, like, you know, doing her, like, something's calling to me and, like, mm -hmm. you know, having a hard time and, you know, having to face Luke, that dark part. Luke yeah. screaming Ray. Now I am curious now. Like, at first I thought Snoke. Now I'm starting to wonder, like, Kylo, Snoke, like, you know, maybe some sort of interstellar conversation. I mean, they were, they were supposed to have one to open up Return of the Jedi. Vader was supposed to contact. Um, well, it's canon now in Star Wars Rebels. Ezra's talked to Yoda. You right, know? right. In the dark, empty void, you know, like so. yeah, totally. And I gotta say, like, 
I'm really upset I was denied Darth Vader gargoyles in Rogue One. <laughs> that was that was some Bavmorda shit right oh, there. Oh, no, it was. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I just, where are my gargoyles? <laughs> Lots of fruit in bowls and baskets, though. Like, we went to Rogue One. Like, we went, we went to the castle in Rogue One. Yeah. Why didn't we have gargoyles? Because it was a little silly. No. <laughs> <laughs> we got Minox instead. So I was like... <laughs> okay. But yes, I, I actually do think you're 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 onto something. And I think we're gonna have some nice seduction going on, you know, power seduction. Mm. That yeah, she, she gets the taste of power because she's been like shit on her whole life on that fucking planet, right. you know, like. And then Luke's being like, you're, "No, I'm not. No, no, you don't want that. Yeah. You don't want real power. Well, no, but also like, I'm afraid of you. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, because so, Anakin was a slave, but he was just a boy when he got freed and he became, you know, went to the Jedi Academy and shit. Mm-hmm. Ray. Fucking, you know, who knows what she was before they dropped her off on Jakku. Probably had a, a shitty life if whoever dropped her off there was willing to leave her there and not look back. I'm very curious what this, uh, you know, Luke also in in those previews doing that this is not going to go the way you think it's going to go. Yeah. Like, I also like, you know, who's that to? Maybe this is to Ray. Maybe, you know, I mean, I don't want to draw too many parallels to Empire because I know Ryan Johnson's trying to avoid that despite, mm. you know, the white background battle with walkers but i will say <laughs> ryan johnson almost certainly had access to these scripts yes and also you know. i think ryan johnson also probably is someone very good at subverting like expectation expectation by using similar things but then you know Flipping it, taking yeah. it somewhere else but even even that first little bit of uh like guided meditation that uh not willow was offering yeah like luke. reach out yeah yeah you know, it's like that's that's the monologue from the trailers that yeah, luke right. is giving ray that's right. why i fucking brought it up i know <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's <laughs> So. Um, yeah, good digging, Doug. Holy shit! Yeah, that, this is good stuff. Now I'm really starting to reevaluate how I think you know, Acto or Actu or I don't. Do we know how it's pronounced? I don't fucking know. But, I, but I've been saying Acto, Acto. Okay. But, but reading, but reading that again and and remembering how it was there, it, it made me think like, okay, if suddenly they came to you and said you need to write the Last Jedi, right? And you're like, all right, well, we got to. Exp- uh, Luke's gonna train Ray, and uh, well, you know, well, maybe I'll. Maybe, well, I need a bigger idea of what the Force is. Maybe I'll look at some early notes. Right, of course. And you read this and you go, oh, there's some interesting stuff there. Like, it's not great, but mm-hmm. there's this interesting direction. So I really think that there's they've dipped in there for something. Because I think they've already dipped in there, for the obviously, for Darth Vader's castle in Rogue One. Oh, so yeah. they've already done it. Oh, yeah. So they're going to touch back on it for that and maybe even more for Han Solo, like who's, I said before. Who's dipping for gargoyles? <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't seen... Uh, well, I mean, we, we, we haven't uh, seen Last Jedi also, yet. Also, Darth seen, uh, Vader, you know? it, it, it said, at con- like, at ease, at home. Yeah, I just picture him. Like, what is that? I think I, I pictured him posed sitting on the throne like Goblin King and Labyrinth, just sort of cross legged. Okay, okay. Chilling. See me, I had I had like, legs totally, up on the yeah. couch, like I was, or his, like, that his, was boot, really... his boots up on like the uh-huh. ottoman or something, you know. Oh, <laughs> Feeding pets like bowls from a gold. Well, know, no, his his gold golden bowl with fruit in it. Doug, his them. boots are off, but it's full Vader uniform and these disgusting feet. Yeah. Well, no, he's got me- he's got robot legs because he says most of his body's gone. True, true. So he's got his the boots are off, the robot toes are wiggling. You know? <laughs> oh, let those puppies breathe. <laughs> also, Vader laugh. I'm curious how they thought. Like, yeah, how James does that Earl sound? Jones. Yeah, I want to hear a Vader laugh now. We could get. I mean, the dude's got cl- jokes. <laughs> I mean, we know that. I mean, Careful he's not got to choke. On, yeah, and then as he and, walks and, away, and, you know, he turns off his exterior speakers. Just <laughs> to I mean, himself. we got we got apology accepted, Captain Nita. I mean, the man's got a good sense of humor. Yeah. So I do want to hear him laugh. <laughs> I mean, people complained about his Rogue One. Don't choke on your aspiration. I'm like, he's cracking jokes oh, all the I time. Thought, I thought that was very with him yeah. character. Like, I agree. <laughs> so, um, boy, it's hard to it's hard to come down off of that 
I weird revelation m- magical potential. mystery tour you took us on. To. Yeah. Yeah. I told you as soon as they reached out and touching galaxies and shit, and it's like I was yeah. like, all right, that's some next level force stuff right. that we have not seen. There is a very strange thing that showed up in I think a Target, um, and it wasn't Prongles. It was a <laughs> Sandspeeder Lego set. It's it's got the Last Jedi dressing on it, but and but it's a it's a it's a snow speeder that's done up with you know beige sand colors, and it's detonating a moisture evaporator, and there's a little white snake, and it comes with two Rebel Fighter minifigs and kind of outfits we've never seen before. The background of this diorama on the front of it is Jakku. Hmm. Rebel fighters or resist- resistance resistance fighters? fighters. Sorry, yeah. No, I'm just kidding because like I mean. There's been a lot of speculation about this figure, and I don't know if anyone ever came to some sort of like consensus. We ain't I, got shit. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and once again, like two and a half hours. Do we know for sure everything that's going to happen in this movie? I no. mean, we, def- we definitely don't know everything's going to happen, but do we know everywhere that's going to happen in this? Yeah, movie? Yeah, is it going to? Are they going to go back to Jakku? I. I, t- I mean, Why does everybody want to go back to Jakku? Because we because we went back to Jakku in Aftermath. We went back to Jakku in Battlefront 2's campaign. Yep, yep. We like we're keep going back to Jakku. Well, all I've got is that it is extremely unusual that a Lego set came out by surprise. That is apparent. That never happens. Lego sets come out on the same day they're expected and with a degree of regularity. So I was looking at some Lego blogs and people were like, what the hell is this? Right. Also with no context for what it would be in the movie. Right. So this is confusing absolutely everyone. The only clarity that exists is... You know, that maybe it has nothing to do with the movie. Maybe it's just a repaint or, you know, like recontextualization, hmm. um, which was validated by a dude on, on the website, The Brick Fan, a guy named Purple Dave, <laughs> who um, who pointed out, which is quite fascinating, that Galoob had, when they had their Star Wars license and they were doing mar- Micro Machines, um, he was on their forums. They ran contests on those forums, and uh, he got a sand camo T-47, as in the Snowspeeder. That's cool. Um, so it was towards the end of the line. They started making repaints based on concept art. He thinks only two ever got released. The other one was a repainted A-Wing. Um, but there has been a sand speeder at different points in time on the fringes of known Star Wars stuff. So is this just a set made out of old bricks? Or is there some kind of thing that happens in The Last Jedi where two Resistance dudes are in a sand speeder blowing up a moisture evaporator and there's a white snake? <laughs> What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I I couldn't even begin to speculate on that one. Like it's so out of left field. I just it's I don't know. Uh, until until we're literally back on Jakku in the movie, I'm not even going to think about it because it's it could just simply be a thing that one of those little sets where they kind of encourage you just to customize your own stuff with it. Mm-hmm. It's not even meant to even mimic anything that's in the film probably. But... To my knowledge that has never happened on a large scale Star Wars set of Hey, here's just a thing. But this isn't a very large set either. It's kind of like a small vehicle pack, you know. It's like 200 pieces or something. Yeah. I mean, it's it and it, it comes with a little environmental diorama that explodes. Yeah. Right. It's weird. No, I mean, no matter how you slice it, it's weird. Sure, yeah. So, that. <laughs> it looks cool. It does look cool. Now, I'm going to take this moment in between subject matter to remind you that State of the Empire, like all the shows on the Nerdy Show Network, is entirely listener-supported. We rely on you fine folks to keep us aloft, afloat, um, put, you know, to, to even dream of a dream where we can fly Matt out for every single recording we do. <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe even can invest in some kind of really elaborate video conferencing so uh-huh. we, won't, 
we won't risk uh, even worse reception. Just I know I really need to be able to make cap, uh, make faces at Cap as we like, got to get a Snoke. This, this, as the Star Wars weird gets into the conversation. Uh, it's a uh, Snoke-sized hologram of you. Yeah. <laughs> So there's lots of ways you can support us. Number one, Patreon, patreon.com slash nerdy show. We have a ton of perks there. Even a dollar gets you early release episodes, including State of the Empire episodes from time to time and uh, a wealth of bonus content. But uh, hey, if you get uh, if you jump up further in that, you can get all kinds of stuff like access to the Nerdy Show Lounge, a private Facebook group where all of us are there and trade things, non-Star Wars things. All the Star Wars stuff happens on the Star Wars Spoilers Facebook group, which if you're not on, and uh, well, and you want to get spoiler free. <laughs> well, yeah, if you're not on there, you're spoiler free. But if you want to get in deep with State of the Empire and you're on Facebook, you should definitely go there. But there are ways that don't involve money. You can rate and review us on iTunes or Podchaser. Both those things totally free. And we could really use those ratings and reviews on Podchaser. We've only got four reviews for State of the Empire. And it's a new platform, but that's that's nothing. I mean, and you can review on Podchaser, not just series but also individual episodes we invite you to do all of the above and then also tag what we've discussed in these episodes that way if someone's looking for say lego discussions they could find this episode it's a very convenient and awesome platform for podcast discovery so it's good to get there as it's getting started get there from the ground up maybe get your favorite screen name before someone takes it but itunes is still the number one source for people you know getting podcasts so the more votes you can throw our way in the form of a five-star rating or if you're got some you know some extra time a review of some kind that would be incredible because uh, there's a lot of star wars podcasts out there and if you like this one more than the others or even as much as some ones that you do like i don't know we need you so your only hope please rate and review us on itunes and Podchaser. and uh you know it's the holiday season and we got some new star wars movies coming out i hear someone someone told me that if you buy any stuff through Amazon, you should use our Amazon links at nerdyshow.com slash Amazon. Everything you buy there gives back to the Nerdy Show Network. And if you buy something extra cool, let us know, and we will, well, talk about it on the show. But back to the Star Wars discussion. <laughs> we got some books. We got a, a, a leaked book. Not a, not a book in its entirety, but the existence of a book has been leaked, which is kind of unusual. This is uh, from a German website called Jedi Bibliothek, um, and they they broke news that a Padme Amidala young author novel is coming April twenty fourth, twenty eighteen. I'm totally into it. The these young adult novels have been like the highlight for me of of like the new expanded Star Wars literature. Like it, it's they've been great. What's weird about this is we've got this date. We don't know who's writing it. And we don't know the synopsis at all. But this news ha- was so big for some reason, this news of this leak from a German website, that like even the Nerdist covered this leak. Interesting. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I guess people are just like, shit, Padme, fuck! Gotta <laughs> have my Padme. <laughs> I, she's definitely a character I feel that's in need of some, uh, like... Retconning? <laughs> yeah characterization retconning i'll say she's like, got some good character s- growth <laughs> there yeah. you, go. There some, you go some of the strongest bits of force of destiny have been her yeah interestingly i agree i think um, she's got a very unique you know elected queen and i mean that's a weird concept that george needed to make sure democracy was still involved in monarchy <laughs> <laughs> but cho- but a chosen life of service to the you know the greater public yeah and you know and then to continue that up with you know the senate and everything it, there's there's stories to tell i think in the comic world, 
Timothy Zahn's Thrawn is getting adapted into a six-part miniseries of comics. Hmm. Um, it's coming out February 7th, and it's uh, by Jody Hauser, who's a great comic author in her own right, but uh, in, the, in the Star Wars world, she's also the person who did the Rogue One film adaptation that had extra scenes. This, too, has extra scenes, for what that's worth. That's cool. Now, some real crazy shit's been going on in Vader. Um, for starters, now that we've got that first arc with the crystal bleeding that we discussed at length before, we now have a storyline with the Jedi archivist, uh, Jokasada Nu. Is that how you say her name? I think it's Jokasada? I read that and I, I was like... I think it's Jokasta. Jokasta. <laughs> Cas- yeah, maybe. I mean, it's, it's definitely not Jokasada. <laughs> Editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics. <laughs> but I, re- I read that a lot, and I was like, wait, what? Because um, I've been kind of been reading it as Jocasta, which is like the f- female version of Vision, sort of. Mm. It's a whole thing. More Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, Marvel. <laughs> so she didn't get taken out in Order 66. She's been creating enough holocrons to teach a school and hiding them somewhere. It's pretty crazy way to take her character they've done some cool things in the old expanded universe with her like just in and around order 66 but like that's cool i mean um famously for fans she's the one from attack of the clones that tells obi-wan like if the planet's not in the jedi records doesn't exist like kind of oh wait that's her yeah that's her oh shit okay so like you know she she has this weird sort of i mean that right there is just the blind, like, you know, Jedi, like, we know everything. We have a complete understanding of the way yeah. the universe works. Like, if we don't have it, nobody has it. So it's interesting to see that she's the one setting up this school. Yeah, and she has a secret room in the archives with some heavy shit in it, including uh, what looks like a an old uh, Comtech chip of uh, <laughs> of the like names of force sensitive children. So acquiring that from her as a, is at the heart of starting the Inquisition. To that effect, mm. I've been reading this Mace Windu comic, and it's boring, and I don't really care for it. However, issue three has some weird shit in which a Jedi who's a new dude, a blind Jedi, the, the, basically the premise is this. There's a, there's a mission to go to a backwater planet where the Separatists are doing some mining. They don't know what's going on. Mace Windu goes there with Kit Fisto, Fisto an apprentice, and this blind Jedi. Turns out there's some indigenous people there. They all get killed when they're caught in the crossfire between the Jedi and the Separatists. And boy, this blind Jedi does not take kindly to that. And issue three ends with a confrontation between him and Mace Windu where he says, you knew about this, didn't you? Fuck you. Fuck this war. Fuck the Jedi. This, the Order is like wrong to be involved in all of this. And it's like you're really seeing like this extreme tension. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mace says something to the effect of like, are you done with this Inquisition? Hmm. I think that's the sixth brother. Mm. I don't know that yet. Um, Six brother kind of has gray gray flesh, but and this guy doesn't. But they're both like have their eyes covered and uh, interesting. Yeah. So if he survives this confrontation with Mace that's happening in the next issue, then then this will be the probably the most significant thing to come out of this book is this is is seeing what it's like. I mean, cause we we know where the Grand Inquisitor comes from, but seeing what it's like for for a Jedi to become disillusioned with the Jedi order because of the war enough right. to allow for the existence of the inquisitors. Right. Yeah. That, that, that would be the best place to, I mean, I think there's already too much baby kidnapping and I mean, yeah, that was a whole plot point in rebels and clone wars mm-hmm. and you know, 
the prequels and like it's it'd be nice to see some people making decisions on of like their as a person with a very deep voice i'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns but a deep voice doesn't sell b2b and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell b2b either that's why if you're a b2b marketer you should use linkedin ads linkedin has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience that's right over 70 million decision makers all in one place all the big wigs then medium wigs also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs okay that's enough about wigs linkedin ads allows you to focus on getting your b2b message to the right people so does that mean you should use ads on linkedin instead of hiring me the man with the deepest voice in the world yes yes it does get started today and see why linkedin is the place to be to be We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM own feelings especially in a series that's really about like the possible dangers of giving into emotion it'd be nice to see some people actually doing that yeah. instead of being forced into life oh service. I, I left out an important part <laughs> when mace is like are you done he punches him in the face <laughs> he punches mace windu in the face well that there you go falling <laughs> into you know into your you know allowing your emotions to control you like it's, it's good to actually see yeah I really, I really hope I'm right about that, and not just because I'd be right, but most importantly because I think that would be a crazy little story. That's cool. Um, and and validate what's been mostly kind of a huh, kind of a book. I wonder if they're going to continue with that Jedi of the Republic, like. Oh yeah, because it's, it's Mace Windu branding. Jedi of the Republic. Yeah, I, I don't think they are. I think they just like to have long titles now for things, like even. Um, <laughs> even there. Okay, so there's there's a there's a, a VR experience uh, called. Star Wars Droid Repair Bay Astro Mechanic for the Resistance. <laughs> that's, that's that's ridiculous. Stupid. Um, what this is, in short, because I'm talking about it right now, is it's uh, ILM X Lab. They've done another VR experience. This one's for the HTC Vive, <laughs> um, but it's created with Nissan. So you'll be very excited to know that maybe there's a home version someday, but you're going to need to get your ass down to an actual Nissan dealership Oh no! across oh, U.S., Mexico, and Canada to play this game. There's a ridiculous Nissan. All the <laughs> Nissan commercials right now are Last Jedi, and there's this crazy one where, like, girl, she comes to a stop at an intersection, and she's, like, behind, like, a first-order troop transport. <laughs> and then, like, troops, including Phasma, start walking across the intersection, and like Phasma even does kind of like a double take at the Nissan, <laughs> just goes on <laughs> a nice so, ride, and then like gets on the transport. So, it's so bad, but like it's terrible. Their their Rogue One campaign was way better than the current one. Yeah, that was nuts. Yeah, uh, as was that Razor campaign for Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Oh man, th- those commercials are amazing. You think uh, people gonna die? 
Well, no, I was, <laughs> well, uh, I was going to say something else, but then I'm thinking of the Razor commercial and how cool it was. I still want that guy to be canonized somehow. <laughs> I want that re- I want that resistance or rebel fighter just, yeah, he liked to keep his face clean before battle. It was a tradition, you know. It was like just some, I want the Wikipedia article that just really goes in depth. Can but, we start like a Twitter barrage of Pablo Hidalgo's? Who like, was this guy? Like, can we canonize? Like, Did he just, die in Scarif? <laughs> yeah, can we just canonize Razor guy? Yeah. <laughs> It's Rejor. Rejor Chic. Rejor Chic. Ooh. <laughs> I actually don't remember what Razor Company it was. But was it Gillette? I don't, I don't know. Fuck it, doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, but the, on, the, on the note of uh, Mace Windu, Jedi of the Republic is the title, right? Jedi of the Republic? Yes, I want to say. It yeah. might it might be Jedi Republic, Mace Windu, but also Mace Windu, Jedi Republic sounds pretty good. Yeah, but, it's, but, it's, you're, you're, it's, but you're like, oh, it's Mace Windu. Why would you want to go? I'm like, yeah, but... If the story continues after Revenge of the Sith, oh, if he's alive, Mace Windu outlaw of the Empire. Oh. <laughs> There's no way that becomes comic book form, though. You don't just say Mace survived Order 66 unless you're doing a Samuel L. Jackson film. Ray Johnson trilogy. Come the fuck on, dude. Like, wouldn't that be the, the corner, raddest corner, shit? Corner of the galaxy that has never been explored. Like, yes. Yeah, outside like, of that window. Yeah, out that window. <laughs> just start. The movie just begins. He's falling <laughs> with a hand missing. Can they just... And it freeze frames and he's like, bet you're wondering how I got here. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I'm, I'm, I, I, I envision it's, it's like just completely recreating Gandalf the Gray. Like, yeah. You know, falling Fall, the Balrog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, then, yeah. You know, I come and he's to you get out with a white lightsaber. I return to you, Mace Windu. The well, that probably wouldn't work. Mace Windu the white. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's gonna fly. People be like, "Oh, come on, man!" Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, one more comic book thing: the baton was very quickly passed between Jason Aaron and Kieran Gillen, and so we've had two issues so far of this storyline, "The Ashes of Jeddah," where between Star, well, A New Hope and Empire, the uh, the main team goes to Jeddah and gets their hands dirty trying to recruit what's left of Saw's team for the rebellion. Not as a part of the rebellion, but as in like, oh, we'll fund your guerrilla terrorists. We'll give you materials. And it's fucking great. It's like, man, Jeddah is so screwed up. Like, that poor planet is such a mess. There's so many chemicals in the air. There's a huge... It's like... You know in Adventure Time when you when you see the world from space and there's a big kind of bite taken out of it? That's what Jeddah looks like right now. The whole... Oh it collapsed so intensely and threw up so much disgusting crap into the air. It's a wreck. Meanwhile, the Imperials, Imperials are still trying to get Kyber out of it. Damn. Oh, Death Star 2. Yeah. Yeah, I think... When we point out that it's like the Death Star two should have been started production even before the first Death Star was even complete or some shit like that. In the old expanded universe, like they like basically Death Star two went under construction like a few years after Death Star one, and there's actually some very clever like like the Emperor knew Death Star one was going to get discovered, so like might as well be building something else so that like hmm. you know just I, in I case. Yeah. Uh, one one quick note about the Darth Vader. Uh, comic with um, Jocasta. She's got like a little helper friend in the caves and stuff named Gar. Was anyone else bothered that Gar is just wearing regular boring old earthen glasses? No. I mean, should I be? 
I, I, I don't recall ever seeing eyeglasses in Star Wars other Did than Dr. Maz. Did Silo wear glasses in the first Darth Vader series? Oh, he may have. I feel like he may have. He came up in... in I'm reading those Adventures in Wild Space Junior novels, and they just... The kids came across a cyborg spider experiment that that and crates labeled silo like it was just like wow. the most throwaway thing holy shit yeah i was just like oh that's cool like it hasn't come up again like it's very sorry you know those are like eight targeted at, at for a very young age so they're very quick reads and very <laughs> silly but like they're fun like I just, I just point this out because this dude looks like I literally could just walk into Starbucks and see him because he's holding a hot coffee mug with steam coming out and he's wearing like a very normal earth trench coat and a, and a turtleneck and very normal facial hair and very normal earth glasses. So I for a second, I thought this was an ad for a different well, thing. Let me, let me just put this out here. The art team in this current arc of Vader is not so great with original designs. Anything that, that was previously existing is fine, but the original stuff ain't so hot. It's fine. I just it's just odd. Like uh, you know, like the Star Wars rule of like, oh no zippers. I half expected to see a zipper on this dude. Like, <laughs> he won a contest. He just it was a walk on roll, and you know there he is. <laughs> or if someone, hey, you put your we'll we'll draw you in a Star Wars comic. Submit your photo. Could very well be you know. Back to Ashes of Jetta. Yes. A couple more things. One, Gillen is tapping his Darth Vader run, and a major player in the storyline is Queen Trios, originally introduced in the Darth Vader annual, where mm. Vader goes to a, a mining world, raises some hell, and makes an example out of them, presents them with a chunk of Alderaan, and says, this could be you next. Ooh. That that was a crazy arc. The the, the Shu Torun war that she came from. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's... So this... this innocent woman who became a victim of Darth Vader is now he made her a villain I don't believe she started that way but she's a villain now and she's the one who's going to be overseeing the mining of Jakku because the empire the Imperials are not doing a good job Jetta Jetta yes huh. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying a lot of wrong words <laughs> also um, we get a two tubes uh, Idrio is gone but we do get Benthic so one of Saw's folk be there that's, that's cool yeah hey you guys ready for willow watch always willow a guy named neil calderon no relation to the notorious drug dealer from miami vice uh this guy is the director and film programmer at the chicago cinema society he has in his possession a rare 70 millimeter print of willow and it's going on tour Mm. The print weighs 300 pounds. 70 millimeter. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Now, by the time you've heard this, it will already have concluded its debut screening at Gateway Film Center in Columbus, Ohio. But if you're in Canada, well, get your buns down to the Toronto International Film Festival where it will be screening December 29th through 31st. And there are more dates all throughout 2018, the 30th anniversary year. You know, we don't know when or where yet, but... Let's just say our finger is on the pulse here. <laughs> One more thing. You know, Dave Filoni, he's a big fan of Willow. Well. Who isn't? Pretty much everybody I talk to who see my, <laughs> who see my copy of uh, Shadow Dawn or, or whichever one I'm reading right now, which uh -huh. one of the Willow novels is like, ooh, what's that? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard of, of George Lucas and Ron Howard's film Willow? No, what's that? All right, here we go. <laughs> I've gotten kind of good at abbreviating that explanation. But uh, anyway, 
Dave Filoni loves Willow. There was a recent episode of Rebels called Crawler Commandeers, and in it there is a Trandoshan and a scene with a bridge in, inside of this crawler in sort of like uh, the engine room. Trandoshans, they, they use their weird leathery claw hands. This is what Bosk is, the bounty hunter Bosk, uh, you know, to crawl up trees and so on because they're the natural adversary of the Wookiees, but not from Kishik, but, you know, from space. But they hate each other. Sure, whatever. It's Star Wars. Get over it. Um, <laughs> this thing is basically a shot swipe of the sequence with the trolls from Willow. Huh. Yeah. It's not exact in terms of angle, but the, the there's a scene where characters running across a bridge and then underneath the bridge comes this uh trandoshan uh-huh. and then there's a scene where after like completing this run across the bridge then he starts crawling in from above it's the same damn thing does anyone step in trandoshan poop and say Plurisa. <laughs> no thus ends willow watch the designs of those uh ore refineries or whatever they were mm-hmm. in that episode were miniature versions of the world devastators from Dark Empire and Rogue Squadron. What? Yeah, like it was very strange. Like it's basically like taking more ship design, like from video games, and like making them a kind of cannon. Yeah, like yeah. yeah, you know, they took the Kotor ships and made them, you know, Alderaan ships, and then this they've just like take the world devastators, shrink them down, and now they're just mining equipment. They're not, you know, like that's so super strange. Weapons. Yeah. Huh. It was cool. It was cool to see. I was like, holy crap, those are world world devastators. I mean, they are devastating um, Lothal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> now, last time we talked extensively about ba- about Battlefront 2, but that was only as the news about Battlefront 2's systems of loot crating was getting started. Now to the point where senators and congresspeople are proposing bills to, to change to solve the gambling problem of video games. Boy, that escalated quickly. Yeah. Yep. I mean, not that it's not a serious problem that needs to be confronted, Um, but hey, South Park did an episode about it like a couple years ago. So I'm, I'm, it's a shame that we're in a society where we need to have a straw that breaks the camel's back and not a bunch of you know preventative stuff that happens. Yeah, people Mm. like to jump onto a bandwagon, Mm. and they also like to let things get extremely bad before they fix a problem that's very obvious. Right, and and also to target someone that already kind of hated. Like, I just we should be having these conversations about what EA and, and mm-hmm. you know, they're doing other triple A companies are doing but as well. Exactly. You know? That's what bothers me in some ways is just like, it's denying me my star Wars because it's a good <laughs> argument, but um, yeah, I could talk about the loot box thing for hours and it drives me nuts. And I don't want Disney to get away to get off scot free. I keep seeing these articles that it was Disney that stepped in and got EA to like stop the loot box thing. But like they were totally okay with it and, and not, and, and, like, but Disney's been very hands off with it. As soon as they signed the le- the rights over to exactly. Star Wars, they, they, they didn't. Don't, they they care. didn't take the care to yeah. actually realize how important video games are for right. you know for IPs and for branding and stuff. They can't just say like just because they weren't good at the video game industry, it's like the one entertainment market that they just can't corner. They're, they, they're shutting down Disney Quest to replace it with NBA City or whatever the hell. Right, it is. and and they don't know, know what they're doing. And Disney Interactive is gone, and like you know, it's just. They don't get video games, and so they just said, "Well, EA is number one in the market. I'm they sure should they know can what they're it. doing. Yeah. You know what? They deserve the brand, like the number one game company damage. deserves the number one movie company, right? You know, and, there you and go. They deserve the brand damage that they're getting from this. And I don't think that these articles, them trying to save face by saying that, you know, they got calls. You know, Disney executives called the EA brass to say, like, you guys got to fix this. Like, 
part of their problems was them saying what you guys want to do is okay. Right. You know, because I'm sure they okayed the microtransaction process. They okayed like saying like, no, we don't want cosmetic microtransactions because we don't like having the Star Wars, you know, like branding. We don't want pink stormtroopers running around because exactly. that would go against the, the lore. Yeah, but yet, you know, in, in Disneyland, I can buy a shirt with Darth Vader holding a Mickey or wearing a Mickey hat. You know, like right, it, right. it doesn't make much sense. It's schizophrenic. Yes. Um. Yeah, so there's a lot we could say about the Loot Crate thing, but yeah. we won't. We'll, we'll, but there's, just, there's a couple things worth noting. For example, on the Battlefront Reddit, someone figured out how long it would take to unlock Vader without spending money. And an EA community manager attempted to step in and uh, be like, well, hey, it's not, you know, not a big deal. Um, it received the most downvoted comment in Reddit history, or maybe any history. Um, 280,000 downvotes in under 24 hours. Currently, it's at 674,000. Jesus. It was downvoted so hard, EA stock took a hit. <laughs> That's not that's I not know. hyperbole. That's I like, know <laughs> that happened. <laughs> I think I think physical unit sales were down like sixty percent. Yeah, all, for, for Black Friday, all 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 day Black Friday, I on on Reddit, there's photos of people who work in Target, people who are visiting Target. Video game aisles are cleared of product except for Battlefront Two, hmm. which that's... is I mean, it's a gorgeous looking game, and people yeah. worked really hard on it, and yeah. this sucks. But mm-hmm. like, but also. Fuck, fuck microtransactions. Fuck the man. man. I mean, fuck, fuck, fuck manipulating people. Yeah. Fuck, fuck locking content that you yep. are paying for. Yep. Yeah. If you're buying Battlefront because you love multiplayer and your multiplayer experience is fucked because you didn't because sixty dollars isn't good enough. Now nah, fuck you. Yep. The game, the entire system of the game, just reeks of those free to play mobile games, like just complex currencies that you know, like you know, multiple different upgrades, you know, systems and paths and like. And people it's point awful. out, like, why aren't, why aren't they just doing what Battlefield does? And I'm saying the reason why they don't copy Battlefield's model is because Star Wars tar- is, is targeted at a much larger audience for right. casual gamers. Like I said before, when the first Battlefront came out, my dad, who hasn't touched a video game since Space Invaders, was literally standing in line at Walmart with a PlayStation 4 and a copy of Battlefront in his hands. And he was in line at the cashier, and he was like two people waiting. He goes, ah, you know what? I'm probably going to get my ass handed to me by the kids, so I'm just going to put it back. But that's what EA wanted. EA right. wanted the people who would never pick up a game before but say, you know what? I love Star Wars. It looks great. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Yeah. And then they got gotcha. you. Yep. I mean, the, the, the levels got much smaller. They feel very corridor-y. Like, and, and, you know, that's not to say that there's not amazing things about the game. The space battles are just incredible it might be the like the best space flying thing they or ship flying thing that they've done in star wars since like the x-wing and tie fighter video games but you know it just doesn't make up for you know a, a crippled campaign that's only like two hours two it's something like two and a half to three hours of actual gameplay right or the the right. promise of the single player campaign that looked incredible right is truncated and apparently truncated until the n- new movie comes out because like there's like Right. Restricted content that they can't share just yet. Yep. No. Unacceptable. Yeah. Right. They should have just written a different story then. Like or or have a full campaign before and then a full campaign after, but not like truncated campaigns. It Because there's a real there's a very real chance that I could have bought this game just for that campaign, so right. hyped was I for it. Right. And that would have been a complete ripoff for me. Yeah, well, and and then I say like the free DLC. So like you aren't being denied further campaigning behind a paywall, but but what am I paying sixty dollars for? Exactly, up front? you should be paying sixty dollars up front for a full story up front, 
and then like probably a flesh out because from what I've heard, this campaign halfway through makes a giant transition from what they've been advertising the game is, and then starts telling like you know tidbits towards Last Jedi instead. Oh, completely. You know, like yeah, yeah, like yeah. we've got yeah, a different yeah, story. Yeah, Doug, you've watched all of it on YouTube, right? I, uh, whatever was put on YouTube as far as the online camp, the single player campaign goes, I watched I watched all of it and I watched two separate videos just to make sure I got everything. Yeah, I've heard it's like two different stories basically. Like it's yeah. just like it just It's like it starts with the imperial side of things and I'm like this is cool. I, I want to explore this aspect of the war and everything like that and then halfway through suddenly it's like now you're playing as Lando. Hmm. Now you're playing as Luke. Now you're playing as Leia. Now you're playing as Han. You're talking to Maz Kanata. You're walking around. And it's just like, oh, I see what you did. You had all these assets for the multiplayer. Right. And you figure the single player campaign would get boring if you just play as one person the whole time. And you need a reason to visit every planet that you have a level for in multiplayer. That sounds awful. So, so they just kind of strung together. Like the first the first half of the single player campaign seems like a lot of fun and like really cool. Mm-hmm. But then everything else after that is like, Shit! How do we incorporate all these other things, and uh, have it make any kind of sense? So, and then you even play as Kylo Ren. See, in that once again, that can't just be Dice's fault. They don't write the games. Sure, sure, sure. Like, there's a story group. This yeah. has to be part. This has to be the bigger company here, Lucasfilm and Disney, has to share some of the responsibility of this. Like, they have the, to approve the story. Yeah, stuff if that the happens. story campaign and, is shit. Well, when we get, if we want to talk about the, there's a particular moment that happens in it that is very telling for something in the Last Jedi. I don't think it's spoiler, but it's definitely like a big thing that a hundred percent ties into the Last Jedi, and it's only in there just to kind of tease it. It's I don't know. It's like it kind of just stopped telling the story of of Inferno Squad, like in the middle of it. I don't know. Well, uh, if you don't think it's a real spoiler, go for it. Okay, so well, it's a spoiler for Battlefront Two, but fuck it. Okay, it's like it's it's not even a big spoiler for Battlefront Two. But um, so in Battlefront Two, you play in it as Inferno Squad. Inferno Squad, the Death Star Two goes boom, and they're like commence Operation Cinder, and like all right, well, the Emperor has explicit instructions that we must follow. If he were to die, the Emperor has died. We got to do it. So uh, we're going to go do this thing. Inferno Squad, you go do these missions. Don't ask questions. Just do it. And they're like, okay. So one of the missions they have to do is go destroy, like, random underground uh, uh, storage bases on these random-ass planets. And they go to this really random planet that doesn't – that has, like – it has indigenous animals but, like, no intelligent, like – sentient species or whatever so inferno squad is like combing the planet looking for a thing and this was the first major jarring transition because you're following inferno squad as they're like landing on this planet stormtroopers are around you're looking for this base that the emperor has hid here of things and you just have to blow it up no questions asked suddenly it pans down and there's luke getting out of an x-wing talking to r2 he's like the empire's here they must be looking for what i'm looking for too let's go r2 and then like now you're playing as luke and you're just walking around trying to get to the thing and you're just swinging a lightsaber around because it's a tutorial on how to play as luke skywalker anyway uh playing as luke skywalker you bump into the other person from inferno squad who's there you all get attacked by bug monsters and luke like you know kills all the bug monsters and saves the member from inferno squad who's like Why'd you save me? You're a you're what are you a Jedi? He's like, yeah, that's right. I'm trying to be a Jedi. And there's and this to be to be fair, there's it, there are some cool scenes and cool exchange of dialogue between Luke and this Imperial guy who's like, I grew up on Coruscant and I had nightmares about the Jedi from the stories they would tell us, you know. And it was like, oh wow, what did the Empire tell you about Jedi? Anyway, so that's all fun and cool. But anyway, they get finally find the base, and uh, he's like, okay, I got to set my charges to blow it up. And Luke's like, wait, I need to go inside to get something, and he's just like 
fuck you. I got to blow it up. I, no questions asked, right? And Luke's like, hey, I saved your life. Just I just want one thing. I just want to get one thing out of here, and then you can do whatever you want with the rest of it. And he's just like, all right, because you saved my life, go ahead and grab what you want to grab. So they go inside, and they're looking around, and it's just like junk. It's just like antique garbage. Like it's, I mean, it's not literal trash, but it's just like, you know, like a lamp and shit. You know, like it is, right. like, you know, it's it looks it's just generic boxes of stuff. No weapons, no nothing. And the guy from Inferno Squad's like, why the hell was the Emperor want to blow this stuff up? This stuff literally looks useless. Like all of this. And Luke's digging through stuff, and he opens up a box, and he's and he's and he grabs a thing, and he's like, what's that? And he's just like. It's just the one thing I want. You can do whatever you want. I'm out of here. And he starts to walk away. And he's like, what is it? And he shows me. It's just a compass. And he holds Which his is... hand out. And it's the compass that we've seen on like box action art figures for, for the action and, figures yep, or whatever. Yep. And he's like, what's it do? And he's just like, Bleh. and then like vague statement. And then like he leaves. And that's all Luke wanted. It's, Cap- it's Captain Jack's compass, right? Yeah. Shows. Yeah. It shows you. It doesn't, you know, <laughs> it shows you what you're really, your heart's most after. It's got kyber crystals in it. It shows you your true desire. Show, it shows you on the uh, on the force scale how good you are if you hold it, uh, and it goes warm warm if you're Sith. <laughs> uh, but 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 we get a good look at it in in the thing, mm-hmm. and uh, Luke very, like Luke knows what it is immediately, and is like there specifically to find it. How does he know what it is? I don't know, but uh, I feel like the the that would have perfect thing to tell in the Star Wars ongoing. Yeah, yeah. Though that would be a different timeline. I don't know if it matters when when he gets it, but. Well, I guess I was just with the like. It certainly seemed that series started out with him going after Jedi knowledge. I mean, he's using the Obi Wan journals. He's running into Gracchus the Hut. I believe that was his name. Yeah, yeah. Who's got all the Jedi stuff? It just seems like that would have made some sort of sense. It would have, yeah, for sure. But, and uh, but skipping over all of that to the end of the game because I don't want to. There's some things that if you do decide to play the game, you know, you should get what little enjoyment you can get out of the story. Right. Um, but at the very end, the last thing that you play is it's it, like the big main story event concludes, fades to black, and then it says twenty years later, and then it fades in, and you're back on that planet where Luke with the with the weird bugs and stuff where he did the thing, um, and kylo ren fucking shows up Mm. and you play as kylo ren in a quick game where you're just running around killing things or whatever really quick and uh none of it really ties in directly to there's no more revelations about whatever except he's there looking for he's there looking for he doesn't say he's looking for the compass but he's there looking for a thing that someone gave to lore senteca so he's looking for the map he knows that someone here gave the map to lore senteca and he's just like the old man where is it? <laughs> and he's just like, I, I I wouldn't tell you even if I knew. I know I'll break you. You know, just the threat, all the threats and shit. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, then eventually he finds out what he needs to know, and he flies off to go kill Lor Santeca. I, I changed my mind from earlier, by the way. I don't want to just know about the first order. This map thing with Lor Santeca really needs to make sense soon. I know because what is this freaking like compasses and maps? Is, is the is the map like tracing Luke as I thought it was in Force Awakens, or is it a specific map to the first Jedi Temple? That's all they have to tell me. I don't know. If it's going to happen at all, it's going to happen in the Poe Dameron comic, I think. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that seems to be where that's I, I mean, Lorsen Tekka is actually in it now. So right. that's a well, big Well, maybe, maybe Luke had the compass, which showed him the way to the Jedi shit. And the map is something he left behind to say, I'm going on a pilgrimage. If you need to find me, follow the map. But he wasn't pilgrimaging like a year or, or, or what like only like 10 years out i guess maybe he was i don't know after after the jedi temple that he had i guess burnt down and all the apprentices yeah. were dead and stuff he's just like i gotta have penance i gotta go seek some real shit i gotta get the real knowledge because literally everything i know is burnt down and it's just me again 
So I really I don't get the map. The map. But then he but then but, but 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 he grabbed the compass and how it relates to R two having a blank piece. Right. But he but he like, and, but uh, huh? before I, before I even forget he grabs that compass like six months after Return of the Jedi. He right. knows what it is. He goes for it. He grabs it, and then he goes on a pilgrimage only after everything burns down. I don't get it, but we'll see. We'll have to just we'll just have to see. So well, hold on, hold your horses, Doug, because he would have done this six months after Jedi, shortly after liberating the Force Tree from that other installation. If that is in fact a Force Tree that we've seen in the trailer, which is planted on Octo, then he did go to Octo immediately after this and planted a Force Tree there. He's been there before, but no one expected him to go back. I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe the Force Compass shows you where the Force trees are. Maybe. It's getting a little too Game of Thronesy for me. Yeah, I don't like that. But and you, you, and know, you, hey, and you we'll like see. Game of Thrones. I do not in my Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, I guess like. Uh, well, I like Star Trek, but I don't like Star Trek in my Star Wars. Yeah, Bri- Brianna Tarth is running around in in uh, Star Wars. So Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it! That's what they're doing. <laughs> So, this has been a long episode. Thank you for, for sticking with us. We're going to keep going. We hope you don't mind, because uh, we haven't talked about Matt's trip to Crate yet. <gasps> yeah, I've been to Crate, guys. <laughs> and it was magical. <laughs> well, before we do that, we still have to delay a little bit more, because we haven't talked about any of the theme park news since Star Wars Land, a.k.a. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, was announced. We've been focusing on film stuff so much we haven't looped back around to this. Oh, boy. So it's set to open in 2019. It's going to open in Anaheim first. There's going to be the thing we talked about, the Star Wars Resort, that's going to be a fully immersive experience that you pay top dollar to go to. They're probably going to get first dibs on getting into Star Wars Land. There'll be characters that you recognize all being, like, you know, interacting with you in addition to new characters. Um there's going to be an attraction set inside a Star Destroyer hangar bay. We've got some concept art. We'll link to everything we've got. We've got some videos showing models that were shown at D23 of the, the whole layout for things. Um, the here's a, here's a little bit more about the interactive hotel from, from Bob Iger. It's unlike anything that exists today. <laughs> from the second you arrive, you'll become part of the Star Wars story. You'll immediately become a citizen of the galaxy and experience all that it entails, including dressing up in the proper attire. Once you leave Earth, you'll discover a starship alive with characters, stories, and adventures that unfold all around you. It's 100% immersive, and the story will touch every single minute of your day, and it will culminate in a unique journey for every person who visits. Impossible. I, I got I, it, Yes, impossible, but I got to <laughs> say, man, this has got to be an Imagineer's like, wet dream. Oh, yeah. I'm I sure mean, the Imagineers are excited as shit. They're also probably scared as shit because how But what's make crazy is how close we're getting, and we haven't reached a point where, like, at least the reality is going to set in. You just, you can't separate, like, you know, you can't take away employees with name badges, you know, like. Yeah. And you can't have, what if I just want to stay in the hotel and I don't really want to, like, I don't want to be participating in the story. So when stormtroopers are up, have you seen a Jedi around here? I'm like, just leave me alone. Look, I just here, want to go here's home, back to Doug, the hotel. Doug, room. Doug, Doug, then you will not be at this hotel because this hotel costs so much. You are paying for the immersive. But, but that's just the hotel. I'm saying even at the, the way they're talking about Star Wars land, like what are they not going to be like changing out the garbage cans every like five minutes? Are the garbage cans right. going to be like completely like automated? They're going to be serving pizza. You know what I mean? Like, well, they'll, yeah. ha- they'll have Dianogas in them. Yeah. In, in, in the garbage cans. It's, you know. 
But what happens? They've, they've when, been genetically engineering them. What about the people on scooters? Well, what about I, people on baby strollers? Yeah, I'm I'm just waiting for the person to walk up to the to like the the store window and be like, "Look, I have a nut allergy. I can't." And then there's like the uh, Uncar Plut just slaps down like quarter, quarter portion. portion. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like you know, like I, I need to know what's in it, please. I can't eat this. Like, like I don't know. Like it's so. How do you take the real human Earth element out of this to make the experience that you can't? No, fuck the whole human Earth element. The Disney element, like right. everything that's like rigidly like, it's 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 that way for a reason. It's for safety concerns right, for people yeah. who don't speak you know uh, English basic. to know where they're going. Or excuse me, basic. Like yeah. you know, it's, it's, you have to be able to say that's a garbage can. Right. I throw garbage in there. That's the toilet. I poop in there. Like right. you, you can't get any of that confused. So it's like I'm pretty sure. I'm sh- pretty sure the bathrooms are gonna look like human bathrooms. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, you know, you want the full. It's it's uh, <laughs> when you go into or like when you go into your hotel room, are they gonna like, where's the shower? You mean the fresher? You know, like what, how far is this shit gonna go? I don't know. I I just don't know what to expect from this because of everything they keep saying about. I, I I'm keep I am curbing my expectations. I'm keeping very and they're low talking about like, like like shows in the middle of the street, like stormtroopers arresting yeah, no people way. and stuff. No. Like it's gonna be so crowded. Yeah. For like forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's I'm 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 really curbing my expectations for because I remember when they I'm, first announced Harry Potter, they said you were gonna get a wand, you could go through the Harry right. Potter. Uh, Hogwarts castle and you would do movements with the wand and computers would track your wand's movements and it would open up hidden shit and it would be like a scavenger hunt and then you would take your wand home because it had a computer chip in it you could leave go home for two years come back and they would say it's been two years since we've last seen you young you know young wizard how how have you been and they would know that nothing like that you know at, at Hogwarts now wait but there is that that's all there the the wands you can still buy a wand and you can still do that. The, there's there's I mean I've never been there I haven't been there but my understanding is that there are like secret things you can do yeah, little, with a little, specialized RFID mm-hmm, wand. Yeah. Closer to like what Disney's doing with the cards at like Magic Kingdom like they have like a card collecting game you walk around and you do hand movements with and it, 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 the technology is kind of there but the extent at what they were promising it to be is still not there right i mean you you know you just go up to a window and you wave and the things in the window moves yeah and, and you can like be that. anybody you don't have to like it doesn't there's no like recognition with like your wand and you now the only thing i'll say you. is like they're really ramping up the usage of those magic bands yeah at, at particularly here sure. at, at the orlando park i mean people are going there now and not never getting a wallet or purse or any sort of money like Which everything you do disney i'm sure hotel room it. keys yeah, yeah. like buying stuff at every single kiosk mm-hmm. Um, getting your fast passes and everything, like you just swiping those bands. So if you have some Star Wars type thing that controls that, oh, maybe like the thing that Sindel wears that shows no, you when your family Loba. dies. <laughs> no, 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 like, no. This is about having a family, Doug. It's about being at Disney with your family, I, and when their lights go out, you know that they're dead. <laughs> Lando and Lobot are family, and you got Lando's that's, little that's wristwatch like that he does. Is so messed up. <laughs> but, but actually, I, I, though, Doug, it would be awesome if like the magic band for Star Wars Land was was a Lobot, Lobot yeah. He's like, like, you can get that one, or you can get the one that Lando had on his wrist right. to contact. I'm gonna go with the Lobot. Oh boy, there. I don't know. You what put the Lobot one on your children, and then you get the one on your wrist, <laughs> so they can run off and just beep beep beep. They go, oh, I gotta go home now. <laughs> there's there's a a lady Lobot who's like jacked with muscles in Doctor Afra now. I don't know what her story is yet, but like something's up with that. That's cool. Anyway, uh, Lady Cyborg, you mean Lady Lo- Lobot's a character? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know what that process is called. She, cyborgs. She's been lobotomized. <laughs> They've all been lobotomized. That guy in Rebels was lobotomized. It sucks. It's really sad. Anyhow, 
We'll have, like I said, links to all these videos and shots and stuff. They like a little first order transport vehicle. It's got like an astromech in it that's steering you around and and all that. But uh, let's talk about Star Tours because they've already initiated some big changes that'll help ease into what's happening with Star Wars Land. Um, for starters, they're they're it hasn't happened yet, but they're leading up to a a time where we will go to Star Tours and decide if we want prequel era or like well no if we want episodes one to six or if you want episodes seven to question mark i hate that because why are they keeping original trilogy and prequel trilogy together i don't know well, like, because, they're so concerned well, about the the, the planets that you see in the prequel the, the prequel planets seem to take place during the classic trilogy timeline because you don't really see oh wait do they, no, wait, do they like, fight actually, like, they fight, battle, they fight there's droids there's there's, there's droid starfighters oh, i, do. Hold yeah, on. I yeah. have an answer to this up until the addition of jakku in star tours it all took place between episodes three and four. That was canon. That was like, or not, well, as canon as But in Jakku, be. you saw the Star Destroyer no, crash. up until the addition of Jakku. Oh, I got you. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, even yeah. like when you went to Hoth? Yes. Because on Hoth, it was the, uh, the I Imperial there were, Walkers. I thought there was Walkers. Yeah, there was Walkers on Hoth. I, don't, I can't explain it, but that's what was said. Yeah, okay. That was like at, at Star Wars Celebration what when about they when announced it. When you, you're flying through the Death Star and Boba Fett's after you. I don't know, but that's what was said. Yeah. So there's at least that explanation, such as it is. That's the like Star Wars new classic experience. But uh, but also it now departs and lands on Batu, the Star Wars land. Yes, which was I I think it's the name was drop in Star Tours thing because like you don't you don't like there was no press release that I think named the planet unless I'm mistaken. But you know you you land and three PO says like oh well we're landing on. Batuu and it's clearly Star Wars land mm-hmm. and he's like we'll be safe here I think but I know the adventures are just beginning <laughs> like it's kind of cool that they're setting up and it's going to work really well here where the Star Tours is basically the mouth of right. Star Wars land it is not like that at Disneyland Star Tours is in Tomorrowland and Star Wars land is on the other side of Fantasyland so Ooh. that kind of sucks. Yeah, that's boy. So, I, so I'm, why do they even do it in Anaheim? Uh huh. <laughs> so they, they there's no more opening uh, departure on on the Star Destroyer anymore. No, you you do, but it's first order troopers and like you just you land on Batu at the end. So the oh, okay okay so wait, but, but normally like if if the final if the final planet was. Coruscant, you land on Coruscant, and if the final planet right. was now, Boo, you land on Naboo. Now it's everybody. Like currently, everybody goes from Star Destroyer to Jakku to Crate to Batu. Weird. Like the it's the same sequence for everybody. The only thing that's unique is the hologram halfway between Jakku and Crate that tells you. So if I go ride it at, at Disneyland now, I'm not even going to see Naboo. I'm not going to see uh, Kashyyyk. I'm not going to see any of those. Correct. That seems for about weird. six months. Oh, that's not, that's kind of disappointing. And even then, you have to choose to go on the episodes one through six route to get those. Gotcha. Okay. So so the, so, so even starting now, there is a choice you have to make. Well, no. Right now, everything is. It's all Last Jedi. It's all Last Jedi. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's disappointing for people who like travel around the world to come ride it, and they they love Naboo and they want to see Naboo. And Naboo is probably one of my favorite ones so far. Yeah, you've been yeah. talking Naboo up. I've never been. Yeah, yeah. the Naboo. One's I hear really it's cool. an extremely yeah. low rotation, which is unfortunate because yeah. I, I I it's probably the most fun one that I've gotten to ride so far. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Some good 3D in that one. Yeah, really <laughs> impressive. <laughs> the end is my favorite. I'm almost spoiled. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the thing, the thing. 
Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, what'd you what'd you see? How how was it? How uh, was crate. So I can just go full blown like, do it. recap here. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So you you start out in the star destroyer like usual. No Vader, obviously. Some first order troopers stop stop you. Very similar to the usual thing. Mm-hmm. When you leave the dock, it's now just like surrounded by first order star destroyers which is cool because we've still only seen one so right. far <laughs> so like to see all those and by the way a weird thing that only some people may notice one of the lasers that comes at you from behind you during that segment is like a solid blue laser like you know the the gut the republic gunships in huh. clone wars how mm-hmm. they had the sort of like it was a solid beam you know they were sitting in the little pods firing oh yeah and they were like it, it's like a know, solid saw, laser but beam. it was a solid blue like like um pose well, pose, pose, I was cool say, blaster. pose blaster had a blue one yeah, yeah but this is like it was like a solid like blue. ship size or like a like a handheld um like ship size like turbo laser okay. but like i was like oh that's a turbo laser i've never seen before so i don't know if i like just misnoticed it but it definitely was a blue laser hmm. so i'm like i'm like i don't know if that's one of the new weapons in like force awakens for the hmm. capital ships but anyway so you go you go to to jakku it does the same like jakku you know force awakens tie-in that you know we've had before um and then you know, you, you get out of the jakku system and a hologram shows up in order to say like you know it used to be like oh you guys have a rebel spy we need to get you to the rebel base yeah. now it's you guys have a resistance spy hmm. comes resistance it's bb8 for one of them one of the other ones i saw was oscar isaac and it was cool because when oscar isaac showed up the entire car just starts catcalling and wolf whistling, and I mean, <laughs> I mean everyone. Like, like I would have joined great. in because, oh yeah, if no, you're there, everybody. It's like, in the heat man, of the moment, and I just such just, a handsome man. We've all just escaped a deadly, you know, thing, right. and suddenly and then, this oh, yeah. handsome man just shows up and is like, "I need you but at the base." <laughs> he probably has his best exchange that I've seen that character have so far. Like, he shows up and he's just like. He's about to talk, and then he stops, and he's like, "3PO, R2, what are you doing there?" And, th- and 3PO, 3PO goes to talk, and then he just goes rhetorical, like he cuts him off rhetorical. <laughs> oh, that Poe! And then, and then you know, he explains that we need, you know, the the resistance spy, and then you know, um, like uh, 3PO's like, "Has this mission been sanctioned by General Leia?" And he's like, "Let's just say it has." <laughs> like, you know, he's just so casual about it, and then he's like, "I'll see you there," you know, whatever, like kind of suave and. You know, you go and, and you get to crate and immediately you start going over the um, some of the uh, planes. Salt flats? Yeah, the salt flats. And you pass by some, you know, crystal foxes, which is really cool, like a herd of them. It's very peaceful. And then you go over a, a ridge. pack, if you will. In a pack. <laughs> what is it? Volpices? Yeah, volpices, yeah. And uh, Volpice. Volpices. <laughs> um, and then go over a ridge and then First Order TIE Fighters and you go into the crystal caves. And I swear, I feel like the crystal caves... I could be completely off base with this, but the way it slows down, because the TIE fighters are shooting past you and the crystals are starting like getting hit and everything, I feel like maybe it's being done like the crystals, like the the ice crystals the that are in one, from yeah the, the comets from yeah. the original Star Tours. It just yeah. reminds me of that, dude. When least. I when I saw the trailer for the Last Jedi and it showed the red crystals, yep. I immediately thought of the old ride. Yeah, I feel like it. it there was some homage probably in there, but yeah. eventually you shoot through the surface and like you're all of a sudden you're with the skimmers, mm-hmm. like heading towards the the AT ATAs and also the the new ones, the gorilla walkers. The gorilla walkers are huge. They're like twice the height of the ATATs. What's the advantage of something that? Big? I don't know. I'm not sure. And also, <laughs> th- here's another important thing that's been pointed out online that's via some like pirated like photos of the ride. There is a massive capital ship size transport 
with the gorilla walkers and the regular walkers. Like flying behind them? No, just Parked? crawling on the ground. Like like uh, a giant, like I'm, I mean like, I'm talking it might be like Star Destroyer size tank. I feel like it's just a massive troop carrier that they're bringing like an entire like contingent of soldiers in this thing. Huh. So it's this, just this giant block of a transport. And you know, you go through them and it's cool. The, the red, the red dust, the skimmers put it up on the windshield and R2 like has wipers that like, you know, whatever. <laughs> and Oscar Isaac p- pumps in again on the screen saying like, you know, you know, you know, star tours, what are you doing here? The classic line, mm-hmm. but the best part, general Hux cuts in <laughs> and Hux <laughs> is just like star tours. You shouldn't have come here. And then he turns off screen, execute them. <laughs> Can you imagine in the middle of this great battle of crate, like, Huck's getting upset because a tourist vehicle showed up that he had to like cut into transmission. He don't give a Hux. <laughs> God damn it! Like we I gotta mean, keep when we go see Lesher, we gotta keep an eye out and see if it's canon to see little Star Tours vehicle, Star Speeders. Like oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> um, so eventually, R like way in the background. <laughs> eventually, R two decides to get us out of there, and we end up on Batu, which I've already kind of described. Mm-hmm. How you just sort of land on Batu. But um, I will say, if it looks like that, as it looks in Batu, like. Holy crap, it's going to be really cool. I got some deep thoughts for you guys right now. Yeah. So we got we have enough star tours to fill out episodes 1 through 6. If you go down that path, you are going to be having all kinds of plentiful adventures. Now, there's been many indications that we're going to see other new settings from the new trilogy that will be added, stuff we've already seen, stuff we already know, probably Canto Bite, probably wherever Maz Kanata's from, you know, whatever. That stuff. But although it's weird, we only still have Jakku from Force Awakens, but they didn't add anything else. Yeah, yet. And no Rogue One. Right. True. Here's what I think. I think that Ryan Johnson's trilogy takes place post episode nine. That there's a a hole made for it right there in the uh, that it's going to be a new corner of lore, a new corner of the galaxy because it's off in the distance. I want it to be old Jedi on the stuff. galaxy's edge. Yes. Would you say. Yeah. I, I think I I think it's going to be what sets the new pa- the paradigm for what's coming. I I want it to be old Jedi stuff, but I it just seems like in terms I, of what are, what otherwise what are they going to do? What's their big plan? What's their plan to fill out Star Tours? Well, I mean I, I that's that's a good point. I I will say I mean the rides coming, you know, because they're supposed to play into your story. Mm-hmm. It's like the Falcon, like and and it's all like First Order Resistance related. Mm-hmm. So unless they plan on switching those rides up, or maybe the First Order doesn't get defeated in this trilogy. You know, maybe that's they become a permanent enemy. You know? So there will be always Star Wars? Always. <laughs> I don't know, folks. I mean, because now we have people at the helm who are storytellers, but are ultimately making marketing decisions. Right. George was always going to end these movies, and now the movies are going on forever. So they need a status quo where they can spend millions of dollars building this fabricated world and have that still be valid 20 years from now. Right. I mean, it's always been the thing, and especially in the old expanded universe among the fans, was it started to feel really bad eventually that the Solo family just never got a break because it was just yeah. constantly one thing after another. But eventually, everybody pointed out, the series is called Star Wars. You know, they need... Conflict. Yeah. On a galactic scale. And which, which does kind of suck because... Quite frankly, the universe is so rich with just, you can just give me a scum and villainy story anytime. Yeah. I don't need like Empire versus Rebellion. All no, the time. I know. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, I'm looking forward to the day when 
they're running low on Star Wars ideas and just like, you know what? Let's just do that one story of I just want them to take like a Western right. that 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 has been sitting on their shelf. But they're like, ah, people don't like Westerns anymore. But you know what they like? They like Star Wars, right. you know, and just adapt it to that. Like, and that could be what happens with Ryan Johnson's movie. I mean, like, he seems like the kind of guy who wants to tell a weird story, hmm. but um, but a weird story that might just coincidentally, for marketing purposes, take place after Episode Nine. Just a just a thought, just a theory. Could we be. we know nothing, but hey, that's what we're here for: jumping to conclusions <laughs> about a galaxy far, far away. But now we're going to jump behind the blast doors. If you'll join us for a short session, I suppose where we will go over what was seen at the Mexico City screening and a little bit about uh, some crazy shit that happens in the Princess Leia novel. Now it's time to open the blast doors. Open the blast doors. Open the blast doors. Okay. Let's uh, let's start with the Princess Leia novel. Yeah, I assume you're referring to a certain captain of the Royal Guard. Oh, I sure am. So there's this wonderful little moment in the Princess Leia novel. This is um, what's the name? It's this is the uh, um, uh, Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Hmm. Uh, Claudia Gray, who's just freaking killing it. Um, she visits Naboo, uh, or one of the moons of Naboo, on a mercy mission, and she helps out the Queen of Naboo. And it's kind of kind of great because she's also a young queen. So they get into you know the conversation about the difficulties of like you know royalty and things like that. But eventually they decide. Um, the situation the, the, of the, the miners on this moon is very dire. So they decide to talk to the local Imperial Moth, who really has the, the power on Naboo. Because the queen, like the royalty has been really like shushed. And, and they hint that this, that this Moth has a lot of, um, a lot of influence because it's Palpatine's home planet. Mm-hmm. So show up and it's freaking Panaka from Phantom Menace. And what's funny is in the old expanded universe, they also like the, just a blurb that he became an imperial governor one day. Right, because the um, the actor who played Panaka, as, as I understand it, um, asked for more money than they felt comfortable paying him, so they replaced him with another dark skinned dude from Naboo. Right. Yeah, Cap- I don't, Captain Typho. Typho, yeah, yeah. With and the, who uh, was a patch, right? Yes, and he was a New Zealander, so you know I know they were doing a lot of stuff with the Kiwis and things like that. So, well, I think he was Maori. He was definitely, I believe. Certainly that kind of Ocean Oceana area. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, so Panaka is the moth and meets Leia. And he immediately is struck by holy crap. Like, you're Bail Organa's adopted adopted daughter. And they get into this conversation where he's still asking questions related to like her her mercy mission, what she does for, you know, like you know, with the, the apprentice uh, legislature that she works with, you know, kind of the stepping stone to the Senate. Mm-hmm. And also like, but also throwing in more inquisitive questions like, when exactly did they adopt you? Wasn't it like right after Empire Day? <laughs> you know, like kind of like, this is weird, you know? And, you look and, a lot like... Right, you know, yeah. and without saying that. And he ends up leaving like, you know, you're a very like, like awe-inspiring young lady and I'm going to go tell my friend Palpatine about how we should keep an eye on you. And he goes to leave. Leia also leaves. He also promises to help the miners as they were asking. And as they're leaving, boom, bomb blows up in that palace. Saw Guerrera's partisans happen to have targeted Panaka because he was like one of the most loyalist moths out there. Hmm. So like they just cut, brought together Rogue One and the prequels. And like, I mean, right there in that moment. And like, I mean, really... It was very tense because, like, they portrayed Panaka as, like, one of the more reasonable Imperial Moths. 
but at the same time, he definitely was a Palpatine loyalist. Yeah, he was he was going to turn a child in to right? the Emperor. Well, dude, from his point of view, Palpatine was a senator from Naboo, right. who was the only one in the Senate who believed that they were under you know, uh, the... Uh, 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 blockade. Mm-hmm. His people were dying. Right. You know what I mean? It's just like Palpatine was the only one with a strong head on his shoulders. Everyone else was these stupid senators who just right. talk, 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 and no action. I mean, probably did see. Yeah, w- watched his senator rise to like become the ruler of the galaxy. Yeah. I and mean, that's kind of you know, I mean, he was from a planet that got unfairly picked on by yeah. the. And he's captain of the, the guard. He's captain of like the royal guard, so he like believes in you know law, right? You know, and a firm, you know. Yeah, it's interesting though. That's what the direction he went because I mean. It kind of insinuated that he would have had a respect for Padme, but you know, without actually bringing her up. For all he knows, the Jedi killed Padme. Who knows what the cover story was? I'm sure that's that's exactly what they said. So it's kind of interesting that you know he realizes Bail Organa essentially like stole and hid away, you know, Padme's daughter. And what else could that mean? Like, who did Padme have a daughter with? You know, like mm. I don't know. You know, I mean, Palpatine would have picked up on it. I will say I loved the sequence. Very cool. The question that bothers me, maybe it's just how far gone he's 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 been. But like you know, like two years later, Vader's literally staring down and torturing his daughter. Yeah, and he doesn't think she looks like Padme. Well, he he, sure, but I think. Do you think he really even like? I don't know. I'm I'm just there's too much speculation. Hold I'm up, too much into it. Hold up. Here's the thing, though. When was the last time? Uh, Panaka really spent time with Padme when she was extremely young. Right. So, but Anakin also dreamt about that age like Padme years, for 10 years. years yeah. Mm, true. Yeah. And I mean, he definitely knows it's Bail Organa's adopted daughter that showed up after Empire Day. I think Vader is intentionally kind of like. <sighs> it's a he's, tough he's, one. He's turned himself off from like sympathizing with humans you know like he's no very, i I, know, I can buy that explanation i'm yeah. just saying it, it loves his it gargoyles a, though yeah he loves his gargoyles <laughs> i wish i wish i mean like he maybe somebody's painted that scene he straight up he straight up murders anyone for any reason at right. the drop of a hat so i don't you know when he's just i think he's disgusted by lay he's like you have no mercy mission this time like it's just so fucking you know and it's also the daughter of of bail organa you know he, adopted or not what a dick yeah. hate that guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i don't know i it's a good question but it's a cool scene admiral holdo features or not admiral yet but uh holdo features heavily so far in the book hasn't really played into the plot heavily at this point where i am but her character is very interesting she's super flamboyant like as far as the way she goes about her um conversations and she's um Obviously, the way she dresses and the way they've you know portrayed it, it's cool because then they kind of like say like, well, it, it teaches Leia a lesson about uh, about people very early on in her career because she sees like you know she sees Holdo and she's like, wow, she's super flamboyant for a human, and then she's like, wait a minute, I'm in a galaxy of millions of species. Flamboyancy means nothing because it could be it could be like so small on a scale of what like what is possible. Yeah, you know, like so, and and you know, an alien can conceive that like as normal human behavior because they don't know how humans behave you know it's like it's very cool how she kind of you know pieces that all together just by seeing that like holdo has like like one day it was green hair and the next day it was purple like that was what set leia off and she's like oh wait that's nothing check your privilege leia right (laughs) and um but what's weird is like i kind of anticipated holdo being in in last jedi this 
like kind of like a secondary antagonist possibly you know this kind of rumors that she's taking over the resistance and she represents the republic and well, we're po- gonna do things my way now clash and yeah. that sort of thing but she hasn't been portrayed that way so far in leia and not that like i mean this takes place so much earlier it doesn't necessarily mean that she couldn't change but i don't think they're setting her up to be like a bad bad guy i think it's going to be something po- where was she during this the galactic civil war it's a good question i don't know yet i mean i think we'll find out in last jedi hmm. but i think Poe and her are going to butt heads, and I feel like my instinct tells me by the end, they're going to see eye to eye. It's going to be one of those, like, they're coming at it from two different places, and eventually they the they're going thing. to, yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they use her. But she's she's cool because, like, I mean, she asked the you know Leia, like, what she was into as far as guys, and she starts describing, you know, like, what, you know, she's into. And, and at one Holder point... Holdo starts describing what well, would be well, Poe Holdo, Dameron. Well, no, no, no. Holdo was like, like, yeah, okay, human men. But what about, like, you know, blah, you know, naming off alien races? And she's like, oh, I'm not really. And she's like, really? That's so limiting. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's, oh, it's really, Holdo, you're my spirit yeah, animal. Yeah, Holdo's awesome. Like, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I don't want her to be a bad guy. Besides, I love Laura Dern. Yeah, because then they'd be... I mean, I, and I, too, love Laura Dern. Um, if, they, if they did that, then it's kind of like that whole thing where you, you take... You take the uh, the sexually uh, promiscuous or or trans or like conventionally transgressive person who's like who's open to more things and and demonize them like the right. the evil transvestite right. you know exactly yeah so hopefully they don't like that's I don't know I just something about this book tells me she's not gonna end up a bad guy hmm. so I don't know if it's like a Lando situation where like hmm. you know like you son of a bitch you betrayed you know like but then by the end you're like. Well, for people who haven't read the book, they're probably going to immediately be like, anyone who's challenging Leia is challenging my core belief in what's right in this galaxy. Well, it's so, not, they don't, but they're not like enemies at all, at least so far. But even if they're butting heads, we're just like, I mean, if, you, if you're a casual viewer of Star Wars and you go see this movie and Leia's like, we need to strike now because the, mm-hmm. the first order is vulnerable. And she's like, no, we got to play it safe. Everyone's going to be agreeing with Leia, you right, know, right. but I think maybe you'll see the wisdom and what she brings to the table. So. There is a Japanese figure of Luke by S.H. Figuarts. That's that's right. It's the word figure and the word arts mashed into one very annoying to say word. Figuarts. <laughs> figuarts. It's a good looking figure. We'll link to an image of it. What's important is Luke's accessories, which include not just the compass, but what looks to be a red kyber crystal coming out of some in lightsaber guts like contraption. Do they spell do they do they spell Luke's name in English? I uh, don't recall. Let me pull it up. I was gonna say if they do, I want to know: is it with one or two U's? Oh, stop it! <laughs> oh, you. it would explain the duplicity why they're on two two sides of the same oh, God, cardboard cutout. Like, yeah, I was always like, <laughs> Brian Johnson's like, I was always a huge fan of the Thrawn trilogy, but not Thrawn. <laughs> like, I really loved Luke. Really like so, the Mara Jade element. Can you, know? can you guys provide a little bit of background for anyone who's not familiar with so, this? So uh, Luke with two U Skywalker two yeah. um, was a clone of Luke Skywalker created by a dark Jedi from uh, Luke's hand from Bespin, which the Emperor had collected as a trophy. And Explain why they got the lightsaber from. Uh, they got the hand at the and same he, he time. And al- he also used uh, you know, Luke's you know, now raised lightsaber. So at the conclusion, the, the, the big finale of the Thrawn trilogy, The Last Command, there was a showdown between 
Luke and Luke. <laughs> Green versus blue lightsaber. Beloved trilogy of novels, folks. What's well, funny, <laughs> the two U's was annoying too because they set us up that that, that Dark Jedi, Joris Seboth, was like, he was a former like prequel era Jedi that just survived and then he just like was in isolation for a long time protecting this like emperor's like stronghold of artifacts and he just went mad and he became dark. But then later on they're like, we can prove you're a clone because you used two use. And that, that was a defect in the clones as they accentuate. So he was like, Joru Seaboth. And he had two use throughout the entire thing. They're like, we knew because when we checked the database, he was actually only like Joris with like one U. So a speech impediment is what gives it away. Right. <laughs> and this is, this is like pre prequels, obviously. And, um, heck, this was pre special edition. This is the Suncoast era. So. <laughs> but like, yeah, it just, so Luke, and they really missed missed the boat on that one because they should have just done Luke for Luke, and then for the evil clone, it should have been Luke backwards, which has been cool. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the the crux of the whole thing was Mara Jade had a chance to either go like fall back into her dark side ways or go light side, and so she was for like which Luke was she gonna kind of. Because you know. she was like brainwashed, and I have to kill, must kill Luke Skywalker. That sort of thing. It, it, well, the Emperor gave her, like, she always, she was always, de- like, uh, mentally tortured, I guess, by the fact that she was given her last command, the last command, that she had to kill Luke Skywalker. And she failed at doing that. She was supposed to kill him at Jabba's palace, and she failed to do it. She couldn't find the right time, whatever. Then the Emperor died. So her being the Emperor's hand, she was like, I failed him. And she ended up trying to like live her own life, go into anonymity, but it always haunted her. So then when she's forced into this situation, she's got Luke and Luke's clone. She kills Luke's clone. She's like, that. I did yeah. it. Yeah. I, I solved the Emperor's last command. And now I'm going to marry him. Now I'm going to, well, like <laughs> like 10 years later. <laughs> they tried for a while. They were trying to set up Mara Jade with they had Lando Calrissian. Ray. I don't think so either. <laughs> I think I think this is the remains of Luke's lightsaber with a crystal that has been turned red by his own bad feelings yep. and some shit he went through. That's Dude, what I think it is. What I, if like 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 the reason why the temple burnt down is because he like fucking exploded in anger at, when at, when you know he's fighting off like he, his former apprentices. He Professor X it. Yeah, I, I'm like at like ninety percent sure that I think he bled his crystal. That Luke did. Yeah, like accidentally. Mm-hmm. I think old Greeny's gone. I think it's now old Reddy. But now, but what would make him do that? Like, what would make him channel all that hate and fucking, like, break? Fucking Kylo. Fucking Ben. If he didn't break when he was fighting his dad and the Emperor and when he threatened Vader, Vader wasn't his failure. Vader wasn't Luke hating himself. Vader was Vader was Luke being like, this is my dad and I love him and I'm going to try to make this He doesn't love his nephew? His nephew betrayed him. His nephew, like this is this is this dude. Is, Han fucking Solo still loved his son, even when he stabbed him. And he, that and that will probably be the the demons that Luke has isolated himself from. Only seen this power once, and I wasn't he wasn't scared enough then. I just Maybe know himself. <laughs> if <laughs> I just know if Luke Skywalker ignites a red lightsaber, the theater is going to go ape. Shit, yeah, they're I not going to... Okay, I, I think, uh, I think half, like a quarter of the crowd's going to pass out, a quarter of them's going to walk out, a quarter of them's just going to be jumping up and down yeah, like a, crazy. a quarter of them is going to freak out, a quarter of them, a quarter of them is going to walk we out, will, and the other half of casual people go, why the fuck does he have a Sith lightsaber? They won't, they won't have a clue that any of this means anything. We will never have heard an audience make such a loud noise in a theater ever in our lives and never will since, if this is a thing. 
Mm-hmm. It, and for that reason alone, I think it's true. Well, if you want to talk about parallels to Empire, the most important part of paralleling M- Empire would be the giant twist reveal. And everyone still thinks it's going to be Ray's parentage. Nah. Yeah, it's no. Gonna, it's going to be already. Luke with the red lightsaber. I hate that to is say the that. I am your father moment. God, and you know, and, uh, and he's just going to go, you know, Ray's going to be like, just. You know, show me. Can you show me your lightsaber? Just, just, no, no well, I, I threw it away. Well, no, no. it's going to be like she's in trouble, and she's like, "I need help. Like, just turn on your lightsaber because he's you know, yeah, swore yeah, to never yeah. use it again." Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, "No," and she's like, "The green one." And he's like, "No, <laughs> this is my lightsaber." <laughs> it turns out it's red. She goes, "No, that's impossible." And that's why she's like, "I need someone to show me my place. I'm so but, confused." Yeah. And you, you bled the crystal. Yeah, no. and like, and I hate that. Will make so much sense, and it would be a really emotionally poignant moment i and i i i hate the whole i get so mad i turn my crystal red thing but a scene like that Mm -hmm. would justify said you know said silliness because it would be a way to visually show you what this person's gone through right and also i much better than the idea of luke building a red one oof that would be no i'll be awful yeah secondly i i still think there's good ways you could do it with him still using i mean why does a green lightsaber have to be good why couldn't he just be a bad guy with, with dark green robes saber, yeah. with a green lightsaber and also force freaking lightning luke using force dude lightning. if luke just busted out lightning green force more, lightning. dude more so than a red lightsaber if luke just went pew, and lightning shot out that would get like yeah. everybody everybody would freak the fuck out on that regardless of whether you know about the crystals or not yep green force lightning <laughs> That's what got the, the dojo on fire. The Jedi dojo. What's going to happen, though, in episode nine? <laughs> shooting lightning all over the place. Min- and that's Minch dies in the fire. That's why his that hand melted, because he shot lightning out of that rubber <laughs> hand. And it's just a little skeleton hand now. That that's is good. a very good point, Doug. That's very good. I, dude, I so badly want that to happen I now. think that's going to happen. Where it's like Kylo Ren's coming at him, and like like he cuts off the tip of Luke's saber so he can't activate his own saber, and he's like coming in for the kill, kill blow, like... Like young Anakin, Attack of the Clones, leaping for Count Dooku, or you know whatever. His Kylo Ren coming across, then just zap, just like just like Count Dooku. To, it's like poetry; it rhymes. It's like uh, you know Count Dooku to Anakin, lightning I've, him across the room, and his hand melts. For those that have gone beyond the the blast doors, I have to say, you guys don't even have to see the movie anymore. We've just done it. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. That's why it has no skin on the hands. It's perfect. That's why the you know, like I said, the lightsaber and, gets cut and, off. And like, most yeah. and like okay, so the shot, the shot that we've seen of his hand coming through the rubble that would be impactful if it's you knew smoking. why it's still smoking yeah. shit we did it we did it we guys. did it <laughs> <laughs> so here's episode nine here's what's going to happen luke's yeah. going to get redemption <laughs> yeah. but he, he, when when he builds himself a new lightsaber not white it's gonna be not, not green not white purple <laughs> nah, yeah, no, yeah. You can't, I mean, that'd be cool but they can't you can't go against the canon established with like a soga turning it white and stuff like that so you know well, I mean, yeah. I guess. Unless, unless he literally builds. We a don't new know one. where purple comes from. We don't know what Mace has been through. We don't know shit. Oh, God, I hate that. This, see, this is why. This is this is why it's we the, can't have colored crystals based on your emotions or your mood or, or, the, or your personality type. It's because of the purple lightsaber. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I know they're not canon, but I mean, I don't know if you remember the the character campaign they did for teasers. That's why I, I loved like Phantom Menace and Tactical Clones had character campaigns for yeah. the TV teasers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phantom Menace ones were so good. Tactical Clones ones not so good. But they're all like equipment based. Like they would say the name of the equipment and then show the character using that equipment. Yeah. And the, like, you know, the Obi-Wan one was like, you know, lightsaber crystal, you know, and like he activates his blue lightsaber. But like the, I, I don't remember the name of the crystal, but like the Mace Windu character one, it was like 
you know, plasma crystal. Like basically it was a different type of lightsaber crystal. I know those aren't canon, but Lucasfilm did release those back in the day. So they're basically just saying it's wow. a different type of crystal. Wow. But weird. Yeah. Very weird. I mean, look at Kylo Ren's wang jangle, weird, sputtery, you know, mm-hmm. thing. Is is there is there a cracked kyber crystal in there? I mean, it's bled, so it's red. So yeah, but I mean, well, like, how, well, yeah. How I damaged mean, is it? If you remember, didn't Ezra turned on a green one with the cross guards? Yeah. And I mean, that wasn't really since, flickering like the others, right? Uh, but I mean, you know, after like later usage. But I'm just saying, like, I mean, if you consider Ezra becoming Snoke and then bleeding the crystal red right, right. and then giving it to Kylo, <laughs> don't I don't believe that Ezra's. Snoke. I don't I don't believe that either. <laughs> but I want it. Like I just I just I just want it. The the greatest villain origin story of all time if they did it. But I know they're not going to do it. But I want it. Let's travel to exotic Mexico City, which is where we're going to end our trip on the state of the empire. So there's a Spanish language video that was translated by a redditor. And here's basically what was said. The clip was a, quote, space battle and is mostly centered around Poe and BB-8 and how Poe is trying to destroy a gun inside of a big ship. She also says that Hux appeared in the scene and that there is a humorous bit with him, which she claims felt like a Marvel movie, although she didn't describe the humorous bit, the, uh, the moment or specify why, and still said the humor throughout the scene was funny. And I think it would be great to have Millicent in a scene. I think that would be very significant and important. Millicent, of course, being Hux's beloved pet cat. Um, (laughs) Then she mentioned that there is a new character who wasn't in the previous movie whose life is threatened at one point in the footage and that the movie intermediately makes you care about said character, most likely referring to Rose. This is the annotations of the translator. She ended saying that the destruction in the scene was massive and the special effects were great and that the at the end... Uh, started talking about something else, but stopped because she didn't want to spoil the rest of the scene. So there's more going on that she omitted. This is, after days later, still the clearest interpretation of what happened in in Mexico City. The you yes. know the clips that we know that they showed to audiences, and so far that's the only description that matches everything we've seen. The other ones that I've read, somebody screwed up big time. Like someone's like, oh, you know. There was like I, you know, they misplaced planets. Like clearly, they were fake. This one sounds best. It, you know, it has mentions the big guns that we've heard about on these first order star destroyers. Mentions the big explosions, which I assume is probably going to be Rose's sister Paige dying when she's falling into the bombs that we saw in the behind the scenes video. Yeah, I think that's definitely Paige dying. Um, and that's maybe she's blowing up. If that's all the bombs in there, she's blowing up something inside the star destroyer or something like I, that. I I feel like she got. Because I think Paige is a gunner. She is, yes. I think she got knocked into the munitions Ooh, on the ship. Yeah. And I think, she, like, like she may be holding a munition, like a live one or something that mm. she was about to, like, I don't know, put in the tube. Whatever, yeah. And maybe she got blown back into the other. And the resistance fighters exploding and shit maybe is the great destruction, you know, yeah, all probably. the craziness. Yeah. What I'm curious about is um, this seems like a very safe sequence to show them. Yeah. Where does it take place? Dakar. But I mean, and does the movie open? I mean, in in the in the scope we've, of the we've film, heard, we've heard rumors that the, that the, the the film opens with that. Like yes, the film opens with Ray leaving to go to Octo, and then it stays on the Resistance planet because yeah. the immediately the First Order shows that up. That one would blow my mind too. By the way, is we'd have like overlaps. Like that would be the first time we have you know such a close. Yeah, yeah. Well, that we well, have that literally that overlaps. we have action yeah. from Force Awakens taking yeah. place. I mean, it would it would literally be bouncing bouncing backwards in time from the end of the prior film, yeah. right? 
Um, and this is we did hear that rumored, and I feel like this confirms that that they showed this clip because I'm assuming it opened with a crawl, right? Where would it just like would they all all did, follow did, these did people? They say, did they say or? this was a ten minute clip or the first ten minutes? I think they were told the first ten minutes. I don't think they got a crawl. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they wanted to reveal Give the that full experience people. of that. Yeah. yeah. So they're probably still writing the crawl, you know, like tweaking right? it. Yeah, you know? it could be. That's what we have. That's that. And uh, this has been the longest state of the empire in a while. So, well, we solved it. We solved it. episode eight. We did yeah. solve episode so it was eight. All worth it. Yeah. It's crazy. Like within six months of this date, we will have seen two new Star Wars films. <laughs> that is because crazy. Solo is still coming in May. Uh, yeah, yeah, two yeah, Star yeah. Wars films in six months from today. Oh, keep your fingers crossed. This <laughs> <So, laughs> is insane. That is amazing. News coming out tomorrow after recording this. Ron Howard fired yeah. from the set of uh, Solo. Solo canceled. Uh. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of State of the Empire. Remember, please do rate and review us on iTunes and Podchaser. And uh, if you got feelings about this episode, let us know. Hit us up in the Star Wars Spoilers Facebook group, and we will see you really soon. We're going to churn out as many episodes of State of the Empire as we can, leading up to our inevitable review of The Last Jedi. Bye. I'm Cap. Bye. I'm Doug. Bye. I'm Matt. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.